Eternal Dirtles is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon.com. You can join them at Patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles. Thanks. Legacy players, listen to me. The format, it's a mess. Oko is a piece of shit, but at least we have the breach. Wizards is designing freely, cause that does some big mistakes. They dream about making money, mythics that players will chase. Just look at Ren6 and Oko, planeswalkers no fun for me. At least there's a busted combo that we offer easily. Underworld breach, underworld breach. Crack Lotus Petal, Sack and LED, escape them for free. We need more cards to hit our yard. Brains freeze ourselves, your system is hard. Infinite mana, shit is bananas, underworld breach. A yard will for one less mana. That's fine, what could be so bad? Wait, the cards don't exile after? Nope, they just make you sad. Winning is just way too easy when opponents cannot speak. Silence is the sweetest sound when you flip your whole library. Uh-oh, Underworld Breach. Underworld Breach. Nobody beat us, our players will cheat us. We have no GP. Grinding station brings the heat. Seals destroy the hate too easily. Deck is straight nonsense. Filthy sweet hot mess like legacy. Underworld Breach. Since nothing matters, haters can blather indefinitely. Even if they take the breach away, it is assuredly sad to say. Spoilers in season, power creep for no reason. Underworld Breach. I play a land and then play a rock and then cast a spell. It feels what I got if they wreck the planet. No worries, fam. It's not yet turn three. I'm hellbent. It sucks. I guess it's bad luck. Oh, wait. I forgot. This deck can't be stopped. If it loses steam, reclaim like Sabine and go off again for free. Yeah, I get that, like, people want them to just ban Underworld Breach. But, like, what if we, the legacy community, like, solved ways... To beat it it's a without them banning it, you know? Three threes that would be pretty wild. Underworld Breach! Underworld Breach! Try sending pizza to cafeteria at R&D! What does the future future league do? How could this designer made it through? Utterly broken, Twitter has spoken. Underworld Breach! Each time they do that, it ruins the format. Underworld Breach! Making announcements, freaking us out when we knew it would happen. 29 Avery relapse and also Uro is stupid. Why would you do this? Underworld Breach! Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nate Goley and Phil Bleckman. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? Welcome back, Zach. Uh, yes, the uh, the rumors of my demise are greatly exaggerated. I am, I'm still here. Is that a Mark Twain quote or is that from a rap? It's both? Yes. The answer is yes. What, is what it rap Mark is Twain? It from? No, it's definitely a Mark Twain quote, but what's the rap what rap is it from? Um It's a it's a rise against song. I don't know. I would say not Biggie or Tupac. Those demises were not exaggerated. That's I just see rise against. Yeah. Um, there's gotta be something. That, that's gonna bother me all episode. That's fine. <laughs> This is like it bothered you. What are you, what are you guys doing? Day, was, yeah. What are you guys doing? Like, what's up? Um, How's I mean, New York? I'm for the most part staying staying up in the in the tower. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got the roof the roof garden to kind of keep me occupied. Started on that this week. 
since it's finally nice enough out to be be outside. Um, you know, just trying to pretend like some of this is normal. You know, I'm working from home still, which is fine. Um, but you know, it, it increasingly becomes harder to pull off uh, as time goes on because a lot of the the business I do is uh, shipping based. So in time, that's going to be more and more of a problem. We're going to eventually need to like pack stuff that people have ordered. You know, it's just it's it's a weird time to be alive. You know, like this yeah. is. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I was just like, this is unlike anything any of us have ever dealt with, and probably many, many people from before have dealt with. Like, this is not a normal thing. Uh, the only thing I can even sort of uh, compare it to is 9-11, and that only was like a couple of days, you know? When I was uh, when I was a kid, there was like an ice storm that was is like this legendary event, weather event in Rochester that shut everything down for like a week. But you also like it was also like an ice storm, so like you couldn't leave your house, and it's weird that you can like you're supposed to go out and walk around, but like stay far away from people. And various municipalities have to like close parts of parks because people are getting too close to each other. Mm-hmm. They just did that in my town. Like there's a little like it's not like a beach beach, but it's like a river bank where you can like go into the water and wade. Um, and it was getting warm here. It was up in it was up in the high 80s for a while. Now it's like 60 degrees because that's how the weather works. But like people were like just in the water hanging out. No. And they're like, no, we have to shut down this beach now because yeah. you people weren't listening. But you can still walk on the path. That's what happened with a lot of the um, basketball courts in uh, in the city, man. People were like, you know, they were like, look, it's okay if you want to go with your family and shoot some hoops. That's totally fine. You know, just don't don't play basketball. And then, like, you know, <laughs> there are people out no there trying to. Yeah, dude, there are, like, people out there playing basketball. And they were like, we have to remove the nets now. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, come on. Um, but for the most part, you know, like, I mean, I, I get, uh, you know, distrans from friends around the country who are like, oh my God, like what is going on with New York? It's like, it must be a hellscape there. And, you know, of course, like the news is only reporting like the worst stuff, you know, like my my roommate's an ER nurse. And so like one of the people who is actually like getting out of the apartment and doing like relevant things. Yeah. And from the stories that I hear, uh, how things are at the hospital, it's a fucking hellscape. Oh yeah. No, I mean like, look, the hospitals, I'm sure it, it, it's not good. What I'm talking about is like, uh, I have friends that are like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, t- don't people know to stay home? And it's like, yeah, no, most people are doing that. There are some people who don't either don't know better or refuse to do that. But that's like, such a minute percentage of the population. It's not like we're having like a beach party out in New York. Most of us are staying at home. Like I, I see my neighbors want like maybe, you know, once a week on a normal basis. Now we just only hear each other. Like if you hear someone else <laughs> in the hallway, you just like wait a while and then like you go, you go do whatever. But like, you know, I only leave to like, I, I have a grocery store across the street from me. I have a bodega underneath of me. So, like, minor conveniences and stuff, like, if I need a Coke or something, sure, I'll go down and grab something, and then I come upstairs, wash my hands, the whole thing, um, and then, like, you know, we, as far as food and stuff is concerned, we have, we, we do Freshly, you know, Phil turned us yeah. on to Freshly, uh, this podcast is not, but should be sponsored by Freshly, um, uh, and that's, like, you know, like, basically, like, TV dinners uh, that are lunches, so we get six of those, so m- me and my wife split up. And that's three lunches. Hold on a second. Hold on. TV dinners that are lunches. Yeah. Well, we... <laughs> basically, it's it's a microwavable lunch that like it, they, they cost like eight bucks. 
Uh, so like <laughs> that's what I that's what I take to work with me normally. Um, so obviously I could have stopped that because I'm not going to work. But like since food is is it's not hard to get food, but it's a pain in the ass to go out and get food. I'm, I just kept that going. And then we also do Blue Apron, which is three uh, three meals a week. So uh, as far that's kind of my uh, estimator of like how screwed up everything is. Is if those things stop coming to me, then I'm gonna be worried. Then you're in trouble. Yeah, we have and New York. Uh, New York is also unique in that you know the 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 means of transit are the subway, hmm. and the subway might as well be a petri dish. And the amount of essential workers in New York is still very high. Yeah. So even though like the majority of the city is probably staying at home, there are essential workers that still need to get wherever they're going for their essential jobs, which means that they have to do it via the subway. And if they're essential, that means that they're probably at like higher risk of getting the virus to begin with. And then if they're also still traveling all together in a Petri dish, like it's probably also not helping very much. So, yeah, yeah well, hopefully get a hand on mess. You know, what we did today is we went to my wife. My wife has, has a has a kid's clothing business. Right. And today we went to their office and picked up a bunch of baby bonnets to wear as masks. Yeah. My, uh, Victoria's in the other room right now sewing masks uh, for us. Like, like tomorrow- It's just funny. I went into this hot sauce store with, like, the mask on. I was like, I'm just trying this out. It was actually not so bad. But, you know, the, the it's The hot weird. sauce or the mask? The hot sauce. The <laughs> hot sauce store. No, yeah. The mask wasn't so bad. The hot sauce store is great. <laughs> Fucking love like, the hot sauce store. Like, like imagine. Like, you're already a Texan. Well, it's funny because, like, there's no grocery store in our little town square or even, like, a bodega-level store, which, you know, Amy and I have been saying, like, oh, that would be an awesome thing to have, like, that we could walk to, like, a little grocery store or something, even with just, like, specialty groceries. Yeah. And now it's, like, really showing that that's the case because, like, the only thing there is the hot sauce store. And then there's, like – but there's, like, you know, restaurants and bakeries and stuff. So, like, they're selling, like, raw materials like I can just go get like 30 eggs in a flat from a restaurant, which I did yeah. today as well. And oh, like wow. a loaf of bread. So that's what we've been doing. I mean, we've been going shopping if we, if we need stuff because it's just hard to keep like fresh, like vegetables and yeah. stuff. Or and you like, have, you, you have know, things like cheese, slightly more mouths to feed than, than I do. Yeah. Well. We have, we have four. Yeah. Cause we have the two kids, but they just eat, they just eat chicken nuggets. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what my dad's doing with my nephew. He's just like eating chicken nuggets. My my nephew is is just now it's kind of sinking into him that this is like serious because like I think my dad my dad has diabetes so like he's not he's taking this very seriously yeah and uh, and and you know my nephew was like I want to go to Wendy's for chicken nuggets and my dad's like do you want Grampy to die like we can't <laughs> we can't what, do wait, that how old is your how old is your nephew he's eight I was gonna say he's the same age as Eli yeah yeah I remember he was like Eli's age yeah. I mean, he yeah, gets, Eli, he gets that would have been really like, funny if you were like, he's 26. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny, though, no, because I, when I met Zach's nephew, it was like they were both him and Eli were both three. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the 2014 Eternal Legacy weekend, right? Championship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we went. That was the Treasure Cruise tre- Championship. <laughs> Nate thought he um, killed one of my dad's birds in the middle of the night. Oh God! So Phil, <laughs> so Zach's dad has this pirate. huge bird cage. It's like the size of a refrigerator, and it's, and I was sleeping in like the living room. And I had to pee. It's so I got up in the middle of the night. Than the size of a refrigerator. It is bigger than a refrigerator. It's like a it's like a fucking like Mormon refrigerator. Though I guess you guys aren't from Utah, but like 
uh, it's like this huge ass refrigerator or refrigerator sized bird cage. And it's full of birds, obviously. And I did what I always do. And I, I like got my phone and I use it as a flashlight so I could find the bathroom, you know, without turning on the lights. And then like when I like turned or when I came out of the bathroom and, and like swung the light around, I hit the bird cage and the bird just flipped. One of the birds just flipped out and started squawking and flapping, hit making the, all sorts and of he noise. Fell, right. And he fell. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, no. That, that bird did that. And that bird is actually sleep. no longer alive. Uh, but not because of that. It's no, an unrelated. 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 Death. Now there's only one bird in that cage, too. Like, that's just the one bird that lives in that cage, and then there's, like, 20 fucking other birds in the house. That said, you know what? Uh, I think I think maybe we've gone on too long about, about other stuff. We should probably get to the, the spoilers, because that's what people are here for. Uh, right. they're, they're probably looking for You're a little recording, bit of a, right? Yeah, recording. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we're probably looking for a little reprieve from all of this nonsense to begin with. Uh, as, as interesting as, as what we're actually up to is, um, you probably want to hear about spoilers. Right, because well, we're talking about spoilers because, okay, one, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Do you have any idea what's going on at the set? Like, first of all, it's two sets. It's like Commander and this Ikoria thing. Yeah. And the cards are like bizarre, but they're not. It's not an unset, but it's, they're just like weird. Yeah, I mean, Th- this is this is also a weird time where I feel like Ikoria has cards. Like Ikoria is the least exciting set in terms of like playable cards since like 2017, which is you know not saying all that much, but. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some interesting cards I think we'll talk about. Well, one thing we should talk about off the bat, though, is that they've, they've made this mutate mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically like you can combine creatures in whatever order you want, right? But it's uh, – and I'm kind of glad about that. Like, none of them are really that good or, like, really – like, the, all the mutate costs are, like, Playable? six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm, we have to talk I'm very about happy that. that mutate won't make its way into Legacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I mean, let's I say that right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, it looks like specifically like, you know, sure, standard always ends up using whatever these things are. But like this looks like some alternate cost commander like stuff shenanigans. Truthfully, it doesn't look like that's, anything that's like, uh, you know, uh, competitive playable. I was watching we're going to have to do a real deep dive on what companion means in constructed play, because from what I have heard, I'm going to tell you what I have heard because I'm the every man in this scenario. And then you guys will explain to me how it actually works. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's, okay. Let's, yeah, let's talk about companion first, then, I, as I thought all the, com- the companions were interesting. So you start with let's, let's start with explaining the ability. Well, because companions are actually like the companions themselves are sort of playable spells if you can meet the condition. Well, part of what makes them playable, I think, is the fact that you always have access to them and they're never in your hand. Right. So here's my understanding of a companion. If you meet the deck building requirements by companion, that means that you can have a companion. You can only have one. You may have one. And and you're allowed to – and it it, it sits in your sideboard. And then at the beginning of the game, you need to show it to your opponent and say, this is my companion – and then they know that your deck is abiding by whatever that companion rule is. But then if they want to verify it, they have to accept it because you can't necessarily call a judge because it's not a judge-worthy call because you could argue that 
you would abide by the same rule by like somebody putting a, a fifth card in their deck to begin with. So like if somebody was trying to snipe you, like so you can't judge call to make them prove it, but you have to just accept that they have met the condition and they're playing with this card and they're allowed to do that. But you're allowed to have two companions because in the second game you can show them a different companion if your deck abides by the second companion's rule. I did not know. Oh, that. I did not think of that. I wonder if that's. Well, I mean, that is possible because you can have as many cards as you want in your deck, mm-hmm. right? So, but you can so only like, ever have fifteen cards in your fifteen or less in your sideboard, well, like, right? I know there's so, one that's like can only be even. And there's one that's can o- like all your cards have to have the same type. So, like if you only have even costed enchantments in your deck, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. So, like, yeah. like, like w- w- there was the. The card that I remember, and we'll talk about it, but it's the one that says you can only have CMC three or greater in your deck, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember yeah, when, 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 when Nate was like, oh, you just play all eight of the forces plus other three drops that are really powerful, and then there you go. There's your deck, and then you can play this, and you have this in your sideboard, and you can just draw a bunch of cards whenever you want. Well, what, and is, I was like, what is this card that, that you're talking we'll, about? We'll get to oh, it. Hold on. <laughs> okay, we'll get, I can tell you. Okay, I can tell you right I now because I found yeah, it. Yeah, Kar- yeah, Kariga. Kariga the Macro Sage. Yes, but, and we'll talk about it in a second, but yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah, so let's so let's actually talk you can, about you can, what you, companion you, is, because that's that's we haven't. Well, done that's that what either. we did. Yeah, it's, it's a card in your sideboard, and you have and there's a condition on your deck, and if you're starting deck, it means you can cast it as though it were a commander, though it is not in the command zone. Yes. Which I find bizarre. And it's also it's Why also not? not a commander. Yeah. It's a companion. Yeah. So, you can, so they're all legendary creatures, so they can be your commander. Well, it's, no, it's extremely the, important that we don't create a command zone outside of commander, Nate, because there are cards that will uh, that will uh, that will then be able to be played in Legacy, like that, like can take a card out of the command zone and put it in your hand, stuff like that. That just overcomplicates what what other thought, things are doing. But isn't isn't there always a command zone? We just don't use it. Um, no, like, because you can play no those idea. cards now. Right. Right. Well, well, there's there's cards like you you can't because there's there's things like um there's a bounce spell that says uh bounce target creature to the command zone essentially, mm-hmm. but we can't use that card because there is I don't think we have a command zone that we can put it in. Right. Oh, is there only a command zone if there's a commander? I thought there was only a command zone in EDH. I I I, I agree with uh, Phil on this, but I don't know for sure. Also, also <laughs> they are they, they spoil the cycle. I mean, they haven't completed it yet, but they spoil the cycle in the in the new commander set where if you control your commander, you just get to play a spell for free. And yeah. they're like actually really good spells. One is a a, a a redirect. One is just exile a creature, and it just costs zero if you control your commander. Like, it, oh, yeah, like yeah, those cards would be, those cards would be nutty if you actually had a commander. You're like, all right, well, who's my commander? Pick the fucking cheapest legend. Fibble flip is my commander. Uh, <laughs> play Fibbletip, draw a card, exile your creature for free, go. Like, Spoiler, game, game ending. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, are actually bonkers in Commander. Right, right. Anyway, I do, so want, I do want to say commander. one thing, though, okay? Hold on, one quick thing, though. Because, like, Road of Return, this is from Commander 2019. This is an old card that has existed, right? Mm-hmm. It's green, green for a sorcery, and it's had two, choose one, right? One of the modes is regrowth, and the other one is put your commander into, the, into your hand from the command zone. You can play that card as a fifth regrowth in legacy it doesn't matter that it says command it's not like the command zone cards are banned that's no, what i'm no, saying yeah, so i yeah. thought there was always a command zone as long as there was a as long as there were cards that were legal that referenced the command zone yeah I I'm, I'm, you're right you're right i think it's weird but whatever it's fine it just kind of sucks it takes up a sideboard slot or, or not but that's that's it's, it's counterintuitive 
But and I understand so, now. I understand why they're not making them commanders because of what Phil said. But it's funny that they're not. Like now we have this like additional rule that's for all intents and purposes a commander and constructed. Yeah. Well, my th- my thoughts are right now they haven't spoiled one without a deck building constraint that isn't too steep. Like I feel like all of the deck constraints so far that they've made are too steep. I disagree. But now that, it, but now that it's introduced, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, there, there, there is the one, yeah, there, there's the one where it's like, you can only play with even cost spells. So everybody's like, oh, you just play double LED and then play this and it's a turn zero six, six. Yeah, that's sick. That's sick as hell. Let's start with Karuga. Karuga, the macro sage is three and then two hybrid green, blue mana. So it's a five CMC five, four legendary creature, dinosaur hippo, whatever. So the companion on this is your starting deck contains only cards with converted mana cost three or greater and land cards. When Karuga enters the battlefield, draw a card for each other permanent you control with converted mana cost three or greater. Now, as I pointed out to you, Phil, and other people, was like, you just put all you put eight forces and then like four Narsets, four Teferis, four Okos, right? All blue cards that pitch to your forces. And when they're in play suddenly just make this thing you refill from pitching all the spells because you have like two planeswalkers in play and then you have a five four so like while i'm not saying that's necessarily going to be a legacy deck like it's not impossible to envision right like well, there's you more than do, enough you, you you can also you have that in your sideboard you can also play more of them in your main deck yes you can play three of them in your main deck because it does yeah, it, it is a card with converted mana cost three or greater. That pitches to the forces. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, how is this? That, it, it, so, you, again, like, what's the what's a pitch green spell then? Like, um, like Elvish Spirit Guide is a three, so you could have some extra mana ramp, and then you can start, like, Elvish Spirit Guiding out a Planeswalker that, like, one of the crazy Planeswalkers like Oko, you know, on turn two with a force backup. And yes, you have no cards in your hand, but who cares? You have this thing in your sideboard. All you do is make land drops while they're dealing with the Oko. And then you just draw, you know, two to three cards and have a five, four. Now, again, not totally serious that this is playable, but it's interesting that it's, it's a, it's a concept, right? Mm-hmm. So anyone, anyone have any other opinions on this? My thoughts on like I feel like the the way that you can build the deck is is exactly what you said and that's kind of it so it's not really too concerning the the idea that now though is they're going to print a lot of commander products yeah and if companion just becomes a bigger thing that they play with like here's your Hearthstone deck building constraint yeah and then you get to just have this card in your opening hand or in your hand forever that can't be discarded and can't be interacted with until you cast it. And it's like, well, that's really powerful to just have an additional card in your hand that your opponent can't interact with until you decide to use it. Um, and so if they build a deck building constraint, I'll, like, you know, right now there's just the make a 6-6 six, six on turn zero if you, you know, draw a natural double LED. But, like, if they, Sorry, start, printing, if they start printing more companions that actually have, you know— you can only have one color in your deck. And if it's something that's like actually relevant, then all of a sudden, you know, companion, companion will be a big effect. Yeah. What about a Thalia companion that says you can only play white cards? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, so God, there I you hope go. Not. I hope not. Your deck <laughs> um, must, must include all five colors of magic. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I agree. So let's, I want to look at a couple of other ones. I mean, I don't think we're gonna spend a ton of time on all of them, but I like this Obosh. They don't know the name of it yet. Cause it's, 
What, what language is this? So you want oh, to point God. thing? Who even knows? It's, it's Spanish. It's Spanish. It's Spanish. I got it. It's Spanish. It's not Portuguese. Um, Mario is going to kill me. Uh, it's a three and then two hybrid black red mana. So it's a five mana, three, five. Then its companion is each non-land card in your deck has an odd converted mana cost. And if a source you control with an odd converted mana cost would deal damage, it deals double that damage instead. Well, look, my first thought is Dark Ritual, Lightning Bolt, and Chain Lightning all have odd converted mana costs. Mm-hmm. You can Dark Ritual this thing out. You can write a flame just, it out, too. You can write a flame out, too, which also has not converted. Seething Song. One ball Seething Song gets this lightning. out. Well, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> Ball Lightning. Three drops are a fire, like a fireball for three does, well, fireball for two does four. Like I thought that that's the case, but like, uh, yeah, I mean that this is this is a thing that you could build a deck around. I'm not saying again I'm gonna do it, but hey, like that's fun. That sounds fun, right? Just uh, you know, double dark ritual this thing out. You could thought seize them. That's an odd converted mana cost. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, you can play entomb, reanimate, and like some odd converted mana cost you know, baddies and then have this as a backup plan to just cast from the graveyard off your dark rituals or well, cast from the soul. stuff like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, standard card spite bellower or whatever. It's, it's a one, one that when it attacks, it does one damage to your opponent. So like, that's, that's a card that like, it is already like pretty interesting, you know, goblin. Uh, what's the goblin where you sacrifice it? Mog fanatic. fanatic. Mog fanatic. Yeah. 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 Like, cool. I'm just going to attack for four with this mog fanatic. You can play a goblin guide that does four. If this thing comes up now, yeah. granted you have to make this five, this five mana spell, but it's always there. You don't, it doesn't cost you anything to have it. You know, it's yeah. bizarre. Um, that it's, that that's well, the case. So like the, the question, the, is only, the, the downside though, that you have to, um, like the fact, I, I wonder how, Good. I, I obviously think that having access to the card and your opponent can interact with it anytime you want is better than the the downside if the deck building constraint doesn't ask you too much. But there is. I, I wonder what the information of having to show it to your opponent does. Well, you show it to your opponent because you, you, you have to show it. Guys on high end drugs. no, because like you have to show it to them before you yeah. mulligan. So, like, when we get to the the the, the even cost only six six, it's like if, a, if somebody shows that to me, I go, well, looks like I can't not have force of will in my hand. Because this, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, so like yeah. that, 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 that 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 does instruct your mulliganing decision to some extent because when you have to show it to them before the game, I don't I don't imagine it's like pregame actions. I imagine it's like before the the, the game starts at all actions. Yeah, it's like what do you have to reveal before the game starts? Your I don't commander. know. Nothing. That, your commander, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that you're. Ta- let's talk about that one then, because we've referenced it a couple times, and I just gotta find it. Uh, okay, that's uh, Gairuda. So we've done Karuga. I was gonna do Gairuda. Okay, so Gairuda is sorry, four and then double hybrid blue black mana for a six six demon kraken. Your card, your deck only contains only cards that you would convert to mana cost. And when it enters the battlefield, each player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Put a creature co- card with an even converted mana cost from among those cards on the battlefield under your control. So obviously, our idea is uh, we know that from various other rulings that even is zero. Zero is even, rather. Mm-hmm. So you can LED this thing out. Um, and 
what I thought you could do, what you can't do, is that you could LED this thing out, and then if you had a Grizzle Brand in your hand, because Grizzle Brand is, of course, Grizzle Brand is eight. Eight mana. You know, <laughs> eight mana, seven, seven that draws seven. Uh, but yeah, that's an even converted mana cost. So now you're, but on the other hand, like there's not really, it's not really, you just have to figure out a way to get um, Grizzle Brand into your top four without using, you know, an odd converted mana cost card, which is harder than you think. I mean, like no, all no, of them. You don't need them in your top four. You need them in your hand, man. It doesn't work from your hand because it says you put a, those cards. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But you could also just like have other. There's not. It's not like it's the only even, you know, card that's any that's bad. Like uh, um, also you get whatever they get. So if they like flip over a Dreadhorde Arcanist yeah. or something, you get that. Or you know even a Delver Secrets doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't matter if they put an even. Oh no, it has to be an even cost. Anyway, so Dreadhorde if you Arcanist. if if you were to get it, you'd have to cut the the mentors. But you could just have this as a card in Bomberman because all of Bomberman's cards otherwise are even except for the Mentors. And this is also now a secondary threat. But if you flip – if you cast this and then flip over the um, Salvagers. The combo, it's over. It's over. And Karn is even. Karn is even. Yeah. You could have a Wishboard and <laughs> Gyruda. Like it's crazy. I mean, like again, we're not, we're not, we're just spitballing. But like, this is an interesting mechanic. There, it's just there. It's just always there. It's like you have to have it in your hand. Um, it's it's also like if if you were to show them like Lutri, who's you know the the fastest card ever banned. Um, we'll do that one next. The 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 idea with Lutri is like if you, I mean, obviously the deck building constraint I think is way too steep for him. But the idea that like if you show it to them. And then they go, okay, well, now anytime three mana is up, they just happen, they will just have a, a fork ability at the ready if they want it. Lutri the Spell Chaser, one and hybrid blue red mana for a legendary creature elemental otter. It's a 3 2. Its companion condition is each non land card in your starting deck has a different name. It has flash, which is amazing. You can flash this thing in from your sideboard, just like you said. And when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell, you control. So you can't copy yeah. their stuff. Oh, uh, never mind. Um, but um, either way, like just as a heads up, Nate, you you said uh, one and uh, blue red hybrid. It's two blue red hybrid. I'm sorry, two blue red yeah. hybrid. Yep. Uh, so it's it's one and then two colored of some sort. But still, like yeah, you could flash it in. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It's not like you can't wait till you have four and, and then like. And I don't think three, you want to. A three two flash body is not like the worst if that's a deck constraint that you're going to live on. Uh, you know, like it's it that's a formidable body in a time where you might just need to flash in something and start attacking. If you can deal with that, and the rest of your deck is you know, yeah, the rest of your deck is every good blue and red card at least plus you know every there's no there's no color identity with this so like or no, yeah. with this mechanic. Um, and then the last one, let's look at Umori. Is that the last one? So Umori the Collector is two and then two hybrid black-green for four or five ooze. Each non-land card in your starting deck shares a card type. Uh, you choose a card type when it enters the battlefield, and those spells cost one less to cast. Um, I don't think this one is as playable. The only thing I could think of was, like, enchantment creatures. You know, this is like... Yeah, like, it's tough, because, like, even in Enchantress, you you want Replenish, you know? <laughs> you want, like, stuff like well, that. Well, like, yeah, we want enchantments. Yeah. <laughs> so, but well, no, you could say enchantment is the card type. Yeah, but you can't play Replenish play. then, right? Like, that's the well, problem. Well, not, oh, not all of our, not all, I mean, they, what they play is, like, Green Sun Zenith for the Enchantress these days. They don't really play Replenish. 
And there's probably going to be there's probably a replenish on a body. I don't even know what cards exist. No. So like, no, there's not. There's not. Even <laughs> I, I know. About, um, I know about that. That's for sure. Artifact and creature shares a card type. So you've got that. You also don't have to have creatures in your deck. You can just like, like maybe there's a way to play this with like all instants and sorceries and just like get it out and then or instance rather or sorceries or something I, mean, I don't know it, so you would you would you would want to build a deck basically that that started at two if you were doing this so you'd have instantly like you have to think about instance and or sorcery cards right like one or the other that cost two and you would love to play at one right does legendary count as a card type mm, no that's a super no type. legendary is not a card type it's a super type the super type, which is not a card type. Correct. Okay. Um, it can't be snow either. Then it's like basic oh, or snow. Yeah, those <laughs> things are not uh, not real card types. World. Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, it, it's it's one of these things where it's a cool it's a cool puzzle. I yeah. don't think that one's. A, I, I think the other ones do have potential legacy decks just because of existing broken interactions. Like just with the, with Obosh, for example, just the fact that it like lets you play all the good one mana black and red spells plus maybe blue spells. Like it just lets you play all the good blue Grixis spells, and then you just close out by like bolt you for six, bolt you for six, good game. Like yeah. sure, you I know? mean yeah, and then you've also got like I mean at three you've got stuff like Kogan's command and stuff like that. So like yeah, yeah exactly. I think I think, uh, I think that's possible, but I, I mean mad props to anybody who runs one of these cards in a tournament and like gets away with it. Like that to me to me I'm just like Ugh, that seems like a lot of hoops. Well, the, well, the blue tree. I've already been. Pl- I've been playing that tainted pact deck, right? Oh yeah, that's right. And like th- the only card that was a multiple in it was tainted pact, but you could just like go down to one tainted pact in your main deck, and you could still play cunning wish, and you could even fork the tainted pact that you do cast with blue tree, and then like you know, like, like it's it's all it's all a, a bunch of hoops, but yeah. Also, I think it's non land cards. So I, I could even play the tainted pact deck with four underground seas, right? Let's go back to blue tree for a quick second. It's every oh, come on. Why is my computer so slow? When I want it to be every non-land card in your starting deck is a different name. So not only that, these are all for all for non-lands, which means you can play like four wastelands in any of these decks. There are four Rashad ports. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I, I think that part's really interesting, but we'll see. We'll see if it, if it breaks out. They're expensive, but you know, when you when you always have them, you don't have to find them at the right time. The expense the expense is less of the cost. Because you hate to hate to have a five drop in your hand for the whole game, you know. But if you can just get it when you need it. All right, you want to move on to some normalish cards? Yes. <laughs> this card is normal that we're going to start with. Riel the Everwise is one blue red for zero three legendary creature human wizard. Riel the Everwise gets plus one plus zero for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. Whenever you discard one or more cards for the first time each turn, draw that many cards. Okay, so I sleeved this shit up. <laughs> right? Virtually. I virtually sleeved it up, and I ran a couple of uh, rounds essentially trying to see which cards actually work with it and which ones don't. And the biggest downside, obviously, is that it's a three-drop. So. Yep. It is a payoff, and it makes you want to sandbag your enablers until it's on the table, which means that you're incentivized to not use them, but then you're not doing anything. Yeah. So what I found is, like, all of the stuff that we were talking about where you, like, LED, like, you play this, you LED, and you dump your hand or whatever, 
all of the good looting cards already put you down cards to begin with. Plus, Riel hitting the board also is a card down in your hand. So unless you're abusing some kind of graveyard combo and you're probably worse than any other graveyard combo, that I, I don't think that that's actually the way the, the safest way to go with it. So you However, think it's a trap? I think that I think the LED part, like combo esque shenanigans of the of that card are a trap. But okay. if you're playing a bunch of cards that interact with them, so other cards that aren't just the like LED blatant like let me just wheel myself. Breakthrough. So breakthrough is very good because you can do it on no cards, draw four cards, discard all four cards, and then it puts you up four cards, right? So yeah, breakthrough is good on its own because it doesn't need anything else. It, it, it by itself will be a draw four with Riel on the table, at least. So breakthrough yep. is good, but that incentivizes you to want to abuse breakthrough in another way, a la putting shit in your graveyard that's relevant. Sure. Other cards, other cards that you would naturally play that were good that have discard things are like um, any of the cards that have escalate. So collective mm-hmm. brutality, like duress you, discard a card that just puts you up a card. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be relevant. Uh, so those cards are good. Um, any of the free cyclers, like if you street wraith, that's just zero mana draw two with real on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are good. Uh, so I started thinking to myself, okay, is there a world where you want to be like, since you're, I'm looking at, okay, you want real, therefore you want free discard effects, therefore you want like Street Wraith, which makes you sort of want Hollow One and Death Shadow. So it's like you can go on like turn four, which feels late though. You could Riel, Breakthrough, dump your hand, draw four. Any of the uh, Hollow Ones that you find could just hit the table. Um, but I think you're more, you're, you're going to be looking more for that kind of stuff unless you have a combo where you just Riel hits the table and then you can just combo off. Yeah, which I don't know if you can because it's only the first time of return. It's not every time you do it. That's that is a good point. It is just the first time of return. Um, I think that there, it's like a it's a strange card in that there's a lot of potential abuse for it, but like it does have that that restriction. On the other hand, it also gets plus one plus zero for each incident sorcery card in your graveyard, so it can just be like a thing where you have done all this, like and your preluding has left you with problems, but um, this thing might be a six, three, you know, for three, which is not nothing. Right. Um, which is why I think breakthrough is such an interesting card with it. Cause you can just dump a bunch of stuff with breakthrough. And I like that you can do things like, you know, I think Arclight Phoenix with breakthrough is, is a thing that's been unexplored, right? Like just like, yeah, maybe on turn two, like I've got a couple Arclight Phoenixes in my hand. Maybe I've got some like free spells in my deck or something. Maybe I'll just like break through, dump a bunch of phoenixes, and draw two gut shots or something, you know, or something like that, um, or like LED faithless looting. Who knows? I don't know. But um, uh, I, I just wish I just wish this thing had flying or haste. It's it's like unfortunately just not. It doesn't have the chops to be to to be playable. I think, especially at three. If this was like. I mean, I don't know. If it was two mana... Oh, yeah. Two would be... two. I think if it was two playable. mana, but what would it be? Like a oh two then or something? Well, there's there's also the benefit... Like, the, the other side of it is, like, looking at the, the part of it where it can just be a gigantic attack creature for all the stuff that's in your yard. Um, so we were, I, I remember we were tossing around the ideas of, like, any type of thud or fling effect mm-hmm. um, that could be good. Berserk. Berserk. 
which which is awesome because it gets plus one plus zero for the berserk once it gets the. <laughs> so I mean, it's like there there are other ways to go with it. It's definitely a fun brew card, but I feel like it's. When I was trying it out, the thing that felt bad every time was I had a bunch of cards that were going to be really good with Brielle on the table or Riel on the table, but you have to get her onto the table first, and she she dies to both blasts, bolt, and uh, a revolt. Like she it dies starts to plowshares, abrupt decay. And yeah, exactly. She, she's a three mana spell that like versus all of the other three mana spells that you could be playing that give you some amount of card advantage that they've printed in the last year and a half. Yeah, it, it it made it feel like it wasn't playable unless you th- there was a combination of cards that are just busted when she when she lands, you know. Underworld breach was like that though, where like you needed the underworld breach or your deck did nothing, and it's and it seemed like you never had trouble assembling it. Now I understand underworld breach won immediately, but you still needed you still needed a number of cards. You needed underworld breach, you needed LED, and you needed like a brain freeze, all and a, and mana, and you needed to make sure they couldn't interact with any of it all at once, right? And it's still possible. Now, can you win in one turn with Riel? I think that is that is the break. Well, that is a question about breakthrough. Bre- breach is different though. Breach, you could just go, okay, breach, cast LED, crack LED, and now all of your cards are in your hand still. Yeah. That's true. You know, that that's different where with Riel here, you're playing it on three, playing an LED. You get to wheel yourself for whatever cards are left in your hand, but then that's it. Well, you do get the three mana from the LED. That's the thing that you get that's, you know, you're basically getting a Lotus into draw. A, it's whatever like a sacrifice Lotus yeah. draw top, you know, four, right? And, you know, that, that's a thing that you can just be like, okay, well, what are, can I construct a deck so that, the, on the on the average LED activation with this in play, I draw these cards that then take me to a, a, a area where I can win, right? Yeah. In one turn, and it's possible. I don't I don't think it's probable, but it's such a it's a it's a very abusable it's a very abusable. Um, so the, the yeah the, the the struggle that I have with because I agree like having a, a lotus into a, a reasonably new hand is good, but it's a reasonably new hand that also cost you having Riel living on the table. And if you wanted to do a wheel type effect, you just have Echo of Eons with LED for free. Yeah. But it doesn't wheel your opponent. And it doesn't shuffle your graveyard in. I think also the other the other thing is just like you have to build your deck around this guy and like the I think the true puzzle to solve here is like what are you getting out of this aside from just a bunch of cards that make you discard cards from your hand? Like if all you're drawing is air, then you're not doing it right. Well, that's that's the question, right? Yeah. What 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 are you putting in the deck? So yeah. I mean, I I think there are a number of interesting cards that have interesting synergies. Shadow of the Grave, which is the one that returns all the cards you discarded to your hand. Yeah. In particular, is really interesting. Like the idea that you could like, I got this in play. Crack LED for triple black. Draw something. Oop! Shadow of the grave. Bring Re-animate. all the cards from my graveyard back. Reanimate yeah. scourge familiar, and then like you know, go off from there. Yeah. See, like, so like <laughs> shadow of the grave is the type of thing where I'm like, okay, if you can print it, if if you build the shadow of a grave deck that you can build consistently enough, then it's just a matter of like, is this a more efficient or better kill than any of the other graveyard based combo decks? Yep. And I don't know if that like maybe I I honestly like <laughs> you never know till you try right Band, right like brand and see what happens. Also, like um, the, the other the other downside is like um, I, I know you already you already looked it up, Nate. But like the 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 cleanup step, if you discard for the first time in the turn, you still draw, but then you have to clean up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gotta keep cleaning up, man. 
Well, you, you only have to clean up once. I guess that was so you couldn't just like mill your whole deck and with a laboratory maniac and play in the cleanup step and then win. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, if like, that's what you're doing, you deserve to win. Could you imagine but... though? That'd be so sick. You get this in a lab maniac down and then you just go to cl- draw eight cards, go to cleanup step and just keep this card until you win. Um, and no one can react because I don't think you can cast spells during the cleanup step. Um, okay. We want to move on then. I think this card's fun. Let's see if we can, let's see if anyone figures it out. Ooh, it's, just, it's fun, I, right? I just found a new one that's not on our list. Okay, add it to the bottom. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or add it to wherever you think it should go. Okay. Manascape Refractor. This is a three-mana artifact. It comes into play tapped, and it has all activated abilities of all lands on the battlefield. And then you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to pay the activation costs of Manascape Refractor's abilities. Uh, let's start with that last one. Basically, that means if there's an Academy Ruins out, but you're not playing blue, you can play like red, red and tap this to use to Academy Ruins. But all activated abilities of all lands on the battlefield in a two player game, you're probably just going to break this. It to become a wasteland. It's a waste. It's a three mana wasteland. Well, right. It's, also it's a three mana fetch. fetch. <laughs> um, I so think this we, is insane. I had a discussion with this. Go ahead. No, to say, I think I just find it to be the, to me vintage is the place for this because it's a workshop that you can cast off workshop. Yeah, like you just go true. turn one workshop. It this. is tapped. At least it's tapped. Yeah, but then <laughs> well, you untap with like it's so, like yeah. Just just so I know, activated abilities are mana abilities, right? Yes. Yes. So you can it's not, you can. This is a forest. You can tap it for green if there's a forest on the battlefield. Yeah. The only time that um, uh, something can't interact with a man ability is if it specifically says so right and the man abilities don't use the stack this is correct okay. yeah so mostly, when it says it has activated, stuff activated that, like, ability counters target ability and it'll say not man abilities because that's how the game works yeah so mana abilities don't use the stack but they are still activated abilities correct. yes that's okay. why a null rod would turn this would would make it impossible to activate this for mana or anything but yeah now, an interesting question: If you pithing needle a land, but you but you can still use it, is interesting, because, like, let's say your opponent has a Caracas, right, and you pithing needle the Caracas for whatever reason, and then you play this, and then you bounce their their legend because you have because it still has the ability, doesn't lose the ability. A blood sun in play would prevent this from doing anything, or a uh, Alpine Moon targeting. Ref- or naming Caracas. I like the idea that this could just be another Cephalid Coliseum too. Yes, uh, Cephalid Coliseum. Um, all those those all those lands. I, I, I tried to make a list, but there's actually quite a few lands with activated abilities that are somewhat interesting um, that don't sacrifice. I mean, that's not even counting stuff like obviously Wasteland, Strip Mine, all the fetch lands. You know, you know, I'm probably not wanting to just play this as a fifth Wasteland in your Wasteland deck. Though I guess you could, like, if you have, a, if you're playing like a cloud post deck, like this is just this has cloud, this has tap add one colorless for every locust on the battlefield, right? So, um, it does that. But um, okay, so I was having a discussion with a, a bunch of people, you know, when this card got spoiled this morning, that if you have a dark depths and a thespian stage, and you use this to copy the Dark Depths, does this thing sacrifice itself and get Dark Depths? No, right? Because it's, it's a triggered ability. 
Yes, that is a triggered ability, a state-based ability. So it doesn't work as an additional thespian stage. Now, if you made it a copy of, if, let's say it has all of thespian stages' abilities. So let's say you copy it into a basic island, just for example. Okay, so it's a basic island with thespian stages' ability. It's no longer the artifact anymore, right? It is now just a thespian stage. So you use this to copy... Huh. So Thespian Stage specifically says to tap, Thespian Stage becomes a copy of the thing. Now, I don't know if that means that the, the this artifact, because it's not, a, its name is not Thespian Stage, it that ability would just fizzle because it Thespian Stage becomes the copy, not this. No, 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 because no, 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 anytime, that's no, works, that's yeah. actually not how that works. Yeah, you're right, Phil. So, so you would, if you, if you, if this has all activated abilities and one of those is two tap, Manascape Refractor becomes a copy of Target Land. Yes, this does work yeah, with yeah, Dark Depths. Yeah, the okay. Way, the way so those things work is, is if, if a card name references itself, it's like a uh, computer programming. It just says, uh, if, if X card name, and then it refers to whatever is at the top of the of the um, thing, uh, whatever the card name actually is, if it, especially if it's copying something. But at that point, you already have a you need to have a thespian stage in play. Or maybe your opponent has one. Or maybe your opponent has one. Or if there's a pithy needle on thespian stage, you can still use this true, to make a copy true. of dark yep, depths. Yep, yep. So there, there's your, there's your, there's a, there's that was really good, Phil. That I did not see, and that is really smart. So, like, yeah, there's a backup there. Like, if, if they're going to try to pit the Neelio Thespian stage, you just do that. Cool. All right. That's, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, Great. Awesome. Now, if that ability has not responded, you can't abrupt decayed as in response. But once this becomes, if you use a Thespian stage ability to make this a land, it cannot be abrupt decayed. This is true. What a bizarre, what a bizarre card. That did not need to be printed. Now I have a nosebleed. <laughs> All right. That was good, Phil. Good job. I, you found it. I, I like. Wait. So now I want to know if if it becomes, if you tap it and it becomes thespian stage, does it have all of the abilities of all of the other lands, or is it just now a thespian stage? No, Manascape Refractor becomes a copy, but it keeps keeps its ability. But I think that the way the layers work, it would still. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting because I was thinking about that myself. What, one one more time with that question. Is it still have all activated abilities of all lands once you use it as a thespian stage backup? Um, yeah, it's tough. I'd have to re I have to re reread the card itself to to see what the wording on the original card is. I used to be I used to be a level one judge. <laughs> yeah, but that was before they yeah, decided well to just before, do a bunch of fucking yeah. Well do a bunch of fucking uh, what's that What's that thing you take at the dentist? Not, a root canal? Nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide. <laughs> I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of it. Nitrous oxide. All right. Ominous seas. One in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, put a foreshadow counter on ominous sea, on ominous seas. Remove eight foreshadow counters from ominous seas. Create an eight eight blue creature creature token, and it has cycling two. And now we're gonna hash out whether or not this is a good combo card with uh, a time twister. Phil says no. I say impossibly. What do you think, Zach? I I also think this card's a trap, but I think that there are going to be people who try and make this just work with regular old Brainstorm. 
Ooh, it works with Sylvan Library. So the, here's the thing, though. You put this down on turn two, and you, or, and you go to turn three. You draw a card for the turn, trigger, counter. Then if you can resolve a draw seven, you now have eight foreshadow counters. Sure. If you can re- if you can resolve another draw seven, you go up to 15, and then maybe you can cast a Brainstorm, and now you have, like, 16 power. Like, I'm just thinking, like, could you go off with this? I just I, – I find it hard to, like, when there are so many other ways to instantly win the game um, – this deck, a deck that's doing this is like looking to incrementally get value out of this thing, and you're probably just better off with with uh, Sahili or with um, you know, Pyromancer. Who's who's? What are you doing? Who's doing this? Is someone I'm, wrapping a present? Sorry, I I, I need I, I'm 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 washing my hands because you know we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> with a cheese grater, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to make sure that I get rid of the top layer of my hands because I really don't want to get infected, you know. Yeah, we don't have to talk about this much more, but I think it's out there. I think it's possible. And it's like yeah. – it's it, you say – by the way, you say you're, maybe you're better off with XYZ. Zach, the thing is this is more deterministic with the time twister. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it does its thing. For sure. I, I think I – think My that, point uh... being that like I've definitely like built time twister decks. And you know, by time twister decks, I mean like – Echo of Eons or Days Undoing decks, and then like, all right, here we go, draw seven, and it just doesn't do it. Don't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, that's where I, that's what I was thinking. Like, at yeah. least this is a thing that you know works. Shark yeah, I mean, type. If you, if you, hold on. If you go, if you went play this on turn two, LED Echo, and then you untap, draw another card, or you know, able to draw a card that turn and then make it eight eight. Sure, but I also think that putting yourself down a card. For something that doesn't affect the board, like it makes an eight like, eight. It makes an eight eight, assuming that your deck also comboed off. <laughs> so well, like like, like if, you're, if you're gonna play a, a two mana do nothing that doesn't impact the board, like you got to compete with search for Azkanta. That's true. That's true. Well, I don't know. Is, like, is, is this better than search for Azkanta? Like yes, it's great with brainstorm. So is literally every other card that's ever been printed. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Like, I, 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 I like the idea of this card because it's fun and it gets my Johnny senses tingling, but at the same time, they keep printing two-man enchantments that do nothing unless you do all of the things and then you get to have all of the things. And I'm like, God damn it, you people making me fall into these traps where I have to, like, put myself down a card and then I never get to do the thing anyway because now I can't protect whatever I need to, like, actually go off because I'm down a card and that, like, is really significant when you're trying to protect your combo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. So, bear with me. <laughs> you play this on two. You play Riel on three, and then you so go you're LED. Down, you're down two you cards. Go LED, like you go LED Echo. You go LED Echo. So you draw five. You go no. You draw five off the LED, and then you like play a couple. No, why more would LEDs. you draw five off the LED? You have to make your land drops too. You've played three lands, the the yeah. the, the ominous seas and the Riel. You've played five cards, and if you're on a play seven. Eight, Fuck the nine. LED. That means that you have four cards at the most if nothing else has happened this game. Okay, so you 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 crack the LED. You and one of those four cards is Echo, and you just draw four more cards to so do more shit, and you have blue mana floating. I think you could do it. Well, I mean, whatever. It's stupid, but it's fun. Uh, the problem is when you Echo. Oh, when you Echo, it screws up your uh, your real. That's that's whack. Uh, can we talk about Shark Typhoon now? Shark can, Typhoon. Can we? Five and a blue enchantment. The cards are playable, right? Well, what's the five and a blue enchantment? 
Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you create an XX blue shark creature token with flying or X that spells converted mana cost. Here's the thing. Cycling X1 blue. Uh, so when you cycle it, you get an XX blue shark creature token with flying. So it's like it's it, it's not quite Decree of Justice because the Decree of Justice makes a bunch of 1-1s. But it does make a big-ass flyer for that can't be countered except for with Stifle and at instant speed. And Am I missing if you something make six or land drops... <laughs> If you, it is six mana, right? He said yeah, but the cycling <laughs> The cycling look at the cycling cost. X one and a blue. You, so I mean that's not mana sink that will make you sink. an XX. Yeah, hold on. What's Decree of Justice? Decree of Justice makes X one ones if you cycle it. Yeah, for X two and a white. This is X one and a blue, and you get a flying, you know, flying fatty instead of a bunch of dumb little soldiers. Okay, so for in order for it to trade with a Delver, Five you mana. have to cycle it for four mana. For four mana. Yeah. I don't think this is a card that you, um, would, would still have in your deck against Delver. <laughs> maybe you could. I don't know. Maybe maybe maybe. I don't think this is a card that you would have in your deck <laughs> if you're playing Legacy the format. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We'll move on. We'll move on. We've been we've been talking a while. We move on. Mass extinction <laughs> is that is that going to show up here? Nope. Let's try on goldfish. There we go. Mass okay. extinction is three and a black, and then you choose even or odd, and then exile or destroy all cards. Of, it's one of the two, but you yep. destroy all creatures. Exile each creature with converted mana cost yeah. the chosen value. Zero is even. Um, I just of course we not we anything that can kill a true name. Yep. <laughs> I mean that that's that's all you really need to say about that card. So uh, this card, this card's four mana and can hit Tarmogoyf. I mean, the best case scenario here is is actually if if you have the opposite converted mana cost as your opponent does, and then you have yeah. a plague wind. Oh, guys, I I cast a fire. So my my opponent played like an unflipped Delver, a Dreadhorde Arcanist, a young Pyromancer, and like a spell. And I had um, a bunch of uh, of uh, Ice Fang Coatles, and I untapped and cast a fire spout. For just ground creatures, oh, that felt so good. Fire spot is so good. I mean, I've I've had a couple of those times when uh you you cast uh what's the the um split card the rug that rug used to play uh rough tumble yeah rough and tumble. Do you man. know I once like, cast cool. that for six in rug and killed two baleful strixes. All, nice. Always great. <laughs> uh yeah okay here's a real here's a somewhat real card Dranith magistrate one in a white. Creature human wizard. It's a one three. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. What? Your opponents can't <laughs> cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. So, so no more f- snapcaster mages is basically what this card reads in uh in legacy. Dread- no, it, it it shuts off all flashback cards. Yeah. Yep. So anything that's from the graveyard. It shuts Bolas off anything is- that would yeah plays from the top of the deck. Uh, Hogak. It shuts off all of the companions. <laughs> yeah, so it's all the companion. Gotcha. No, he's right. It also shuts off like exile a top card of your library. You may cast that card this turn, or like what's what's the knowledge pool? There's like a knowledge pool combo with Lavinia. Same deal. Oh, I just found a card that we that we forgot to put in. I'm gonna write it here so I forget. Guys, I forget I, I'm 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 cool like having this be a long cast. Like we're all in quarantine and <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying that like uh, I just remembered it. Um. The uh, Dranith Magistrate is a reason. Is it a reasonable hate bear at one three for this effect? What do you think? I think what? against against it just shuts Dredge off entirely, doesn't it? No, it's you can't. Well, I it, it, they can't sacrifice dredge. creatures. 
it, it stops. But like, no, Mandalorian Dredge doesn't cast anything. I mean, you can still bring stuff it, into play. It flashes back. Uh, what's it called? Uh, cabal therapy. Not cabal. No, no, therapy. it stops the, cabal the therapy. Dread, dread uh, return. Return. Yeah, yeah, but you just so, died all the Icarids and bridge triggers with yeah. against Mandalorian. Well, I mean, you're doing, other, those... you're, you're doing other things. I'm saying that like, if this card against those types of decks just blanks all of the, you know actual enablers that they have that go to their yard that's that's not nothing like i, I could see a, a, a creature like you know if if dnt doesn't want to be playing uh, rest in peace they want to play something that can carry equipment like you play this against dredge and then all they're doing is bringing back three ones yeah but that's still not great <laughs> were you <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of times where that's just enough to get you and and you have a creature that doesn't even block it favorably yeah, no, but it does. It does block all of the any of the tutus they make. Yeah, but, but they're going to make tutus slower because they're only they're they're only going to get those when the Icarids die because they can't they don't have any of their sack outlets because this guy's going to turn them all off. I think this yeah. th- this would be a bad plan if you're sideboarding this in uh, in your Death and Taxes deck against against uh, Dredge specifically. It's it's a card. There's a card that you can play as part of your Dredge sideboard package that also can hit other decks. That's what the point is, right? I guess if we start seeing those, th- whatever we're considering other decks are, uh, tick up in in playability, then then yes. But I, I don't see this card as being good enough to include in that 75. It's an interesting... Well, let's look Let's look at the Legacy metagame first. I'm just looking. So we got Eldrazi, we got Rugdelver. So Rugdelver... Hold on, does Eldrazi have a thing of casts no from stuff? Way. No. Rugdelver does have Dreadhorde Arcanist. Um, but that's about it. So, you know, maybe you don't want this against Dreadhorde Arcanist. It's going to get bolted and they're going to play the Dreadhorde anyway. Um, four color Snoko has Snapcaster Mage, has Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. Uh, that would suck. Um, let's see. I don't see anything else like, really also, here. Also, oh, you think Terminus? Like, you're, you're, you're putting Terminus this in a, from your hand. Terminus is from your hand. Oh. The, the, the other thing about this, though, is like when you say this thing dies to bolt, it's like, well, if you're putting it in a deck with Mother of Ruins, then it might not, you know? True. Um, Titanic Dryad, does that do anything? Let's see. I don't see anything that's weird here. Uh, let's keep going. Four color loam. No, I should, they don't I should, care. They don't care. <laughs> they don't cast spells, so, man. It's, it's possible there's just not enough. There's just, just, yeah, I, just there's, I absolutely do not think there's enough. Show and tell doesn't work as, uh, doesn't work. Be that efficient. is a standard sideboard card against, uh, uh, is, is it, is this from the commander set or standard set? This is actually in the standard set. I okay, tell. so it's a standard it card escape. against yeah. escape. Yeah, that's all yeah. it is. Okay, what's the name of the red planeswalker, Phil? Do you guys remember? Luca. Oh, uh, Luca. Luca. I forgot Luca. Luca's actually like uh, Luca is sick as hell. It's definitely fringy, but it's also definitely playable in those fringy decks. Okay, so the so let's read Luca because it's mm-hmm. it's got a lot of text. I'm gonna breeze through it. It's three red red for Luca Cop- Copper Code Outcast is a three red red for a five loyalty planeswalker plus one exile the top three cards of your library creature cards exile this way gain. You may cast this card from exile as long as you control Luca Planeswalker minus two. It's already very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's a six. You have a six loyalty planeswalker and have just you know basically draws you three. Yeah, if they're all kobolds, you can play them right then. Ooh. Um. Minus two. Exile target creature you control, then reveal cards at the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. 
Minus seven, each creature you control deals damage equal to its powder, power to each opponent. However, we're going to talk about this minus two because you can do it on the turn it comes down. Exile target creature you control, then reveal cards on the top of your library. So you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. That goes to the battlefield. The rest go to the bottom of your library. What's the plan? Okay, so you're playing four Midnight, four Ornithopter. <laughs> you're playing the art. You're playing. Why are you playing both the, Midnight and Ornithopter? Because you're playing Springleaf Drum and you're affinitying this guy out uh, ahead okay. of turn. And then just hitting one of those zero guys and then putting an Emrakul into play. Easy game. Come on, guys. Yeah, what about what about like uh, Birds of Paradise? You just yeah, go like the, 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 so yeah, every, everybody who's listening, the reason why like Luca is better than every other card that's been like polymorph-esque is because it says with a higher converted mana cost. Yes. So you can have you nothing can but mana dorks, yeah. and it, it will pass through all of the other mana dorks until you hit your that's, actual like fatty. That's a good call. But you, what you don't want to do is then include mana dorks and zero cost artifact creatures in your deck. No, no, you have to you have to pick one. Yeah. Like if you're on the Noble Hierarch plan and the Birds plan, then you're just on one man a bunch of one mana dorks. Yeah. But I'm like, what what's the actual like most abusive way that we can go with this card, which is, you know, you're playing this as a four of and you're trying to accelerate it out as much as possible, then I'm like, all right, well, you can play this with like Rite of Flame and the Dorks as, you know Spring Leaf Spring Drum, yeah. drum Moxin. And then like you can just Luca so faster. Cool. But what do you guys yeah. think about this in like a red prison deck? I mean, it's not getting any of your prison pieces. It's just getting creatures. But So have you guys seen in Modern people playing Dwarven Mind to just make a creature and then they'll polymorph that creature to an Emrakul? Yeah, you could do that. So if, you, if you're playing the deck that wants nothing but mountains, then you can play Dwarven Mind as a, as a means to just get, you know, like Dwarven Mind on, as your fourth land, make a 1-1, one, one, cast Luka with your Accelerant, flip the, that, that token you just made into an Emrakul. So let's talk about this. It's a five-mana Planeswalker. However, five-mana Planeswalker means Seeding Song works. Uh, so you can do Ancient Tomb. Yep. Yeah, Seeding Song. Um, you have to have a creature in play, of course, for it to work. That's, which is maybe why I don't think the Dwarven Mind thing is as likely. However, you can play plenty of – there's plenty of red token makers. So I don't really think that's that big a deal. Um, but yeah, like – so, okay, well, let's say like what, what are the other – what are the cards that competes with in decks that exist? It competes with like Chandra – it be, and like Karn necessarily in that in that in that I, I don't think anything's replacing Karn. But Karn in the Red Prison deck is not quite the same as Karn in the Artifact decks. You're right. I mean, the other thing about this too is that this card also incentivizes you to be you you have to play with at least one fatty in your deck. So like the card that like this actually makes me think if you're looking at other Planeswalkers that you'd want this with. Nahiri the Harbinger is actually the one where I was like, is probably it's like it's right hand, you know? Yeah. Because Nahiri so also wants you to have an Emrakul in your deck. Yep. Interesting. Um, a thing you can do with Emrakul in your deck, and you can even play four of them if you wanted to. Not that you would, but I'm just saying you could um, because you don't want to have one stuck in your hand. However, you can always – well, Nahiri lets you discard a card to draw a card, and you can discard the Emrakul and shuffle it back in. That's why you want your Emrakuls, your, Blight, your Blightsteel, Colossi. Right. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to be like you, you could you could put a grizzle brand in, though. I don't know what the point would be to turn your mana to work into a grizzle brand. And then you just and then it just gets sores because you don't really have like a, you know, like an overload from there. Um, but, yeah, I think that you're shuffling cards because then you can use them with the looting red cards, which means that you can, um, you know, always you could put them back in your deck a la brainstorm. So Luca, I like Luca. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun card. Yeah. Like. Luca's also like you could just be playing, you know, mono red sneak, and this guy is just another sneak. That's that, what I was you thinking. know. Well, you have you can, to have a creature in play though. Keep that in mind. 
Well, you can you now you, you like if you're incentivized to like you want to get these your sneak attack or your thing out faster, you can just play dorks. Yeah. Yep. 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 Because um, I for, somehow missed the planeswalkers. I did want to talk about the new Nissa. Let me see if I can find it. What's it you called? You mean the, the new Vivian? Oh, Vivian. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's, they, uh, they, you know, so she's a uh, th- uh, three and two green uh, yep. legendary planeswalker Vivian. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast creature spells off the top of your library. Her plus one is, so she has three loyalty. Her plus one is uh, create a 3-3 beast token, uh, and it has uh, vigilance, uh, reach, uh, or trample, you choose. And that's, um, we, should, we should have talked about, that was the, the other the other mechanic. It's trample counters. counters. Yeah, counters. Um, I don't talk about that. Ability counters. Um, and then yep. her negative two is when you cast the next creature this turn, you can search your library for a card with a lesser mana cost and put it onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. Okay, so this is another you may look at the top card, cast spells from the top of your library. Um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't fleshed it out yet. My deck idea is some, some amount of the zero-cost guys, so your kobolds, your ornithopters, right? Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of Gaia's Cradles, and then this, and then four of these, Dude. and then there's some sort of combo. Guys, this is just the walker that replaces Nyssa in Elves, and then this card says you get to cast your library. Well, you do hit lands. Elves, elves just have a bunch of lands. I talked to uh, a friend who plays elves, and he said he didn't think it was better than Nissa, but you know we'd have to see, just because like Nissa can Nissa has like it's it's Vivian's like all in on the elves plan, whereas Nissa is like a secondary angle of attack, um, and it untaps cradle. Um, but you're right, like that's another thing I thought. Like, what about using elves as this idea? Um, because you can like. You can like cast an elvish visionary this is and just then an ins- search yourself. This is, yeah, this is an insane glimpse. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, it's a glimpse. I, it's a glimpse. I think it is, Five it is better than, than Nissa, but again, I don't play elves. I just lose to it. Um, <laughs> be, being able to mess with the top of your library is is huge. And there are so many cards like, uh, you know, elvish visionary or whatever that can like move that card into your hand. Um, mm-hmm. at, you can't cast that you're, you're going to be able to get enough dorks into play that you're going to probably be able to be at mana parity the entire time uh, with uh, what, whatever the th- tap three guys guy. Yep. Heritage Druid. Yeah, Heritage Druid. Um, I think the interesting thing, actually, is when you cast your next creature spell this turn, search your library for a creature card with less uh, with a lesser converted mana cost. You guys know about Kiki-Jiki, right? Yes, yeah, so Kiki-Jiki, and then search up a... Uh... A breaching hippocamp, uh, you know, a deceiver exarch, a pester yeah. bite, you know, like any of those cards, you could just play the play like four uh, four kiki jikis and like you know two or three uh, of the other card and just like try and like have that as an alternate way to win. This does come down and plus to protect itself by making a blocker, which can block flying creatures. On top of that, yep, because it's got reach. Um, and you could even just, it is plus to make creatures on top of that. Yeah. Now looking at the top card of your library, it just has value, right? Like you can also just be like, okay, well this is a five mana thing that pumps out creatures. I can have a backdoor combo and I have like crazy sh- predict shenanigans for the rest of the game. Even if I don't ever cast creatures off the top of my library, but if it turns out that the top card of my library is a Snapcaster mage, now I'm in like insane shape or an ice bank coaddle or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I mean, I don't know that it's five. The problem five that, with that five case is, is five is a lot. Yeah, because most planeswalkers are now just three, 
and you just they hit the game and it's over. But yeah, I mean, this is a this is a future site in the right deck. I think it's a cool card. I want to I want to try and get it to work with the Ford because also you're gonna abusing the London Mulligan with like uh, um, you know a bunch of zero costs and like just mulling to a guy's cradle and you know using uh, whatever it's called the stupid serum powder, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can probably yeah. You can probably set up something. I just haven't figured out the payoff yet. But turn Vivian, one three three. Hey, well, it's a turn. On top of that, like if you do that, it's like a turn one three three with a bunch of zeros in play, and then your cradle taps for more next turn. So, yep. uh, call of the Death Dweller, two and a black sorcery. Return up to two target creature cards with total converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Put a death touch counter on either of them, then put a menace counter on either of them. Um, I don't know about this. Maybe it sounds less powerful now that I'm reading it again. I think I thought that maybe it was two creature cards with three or less, like a weird collected company. Um, but even with total converted mana cost three or less, you can do stupid stuff like in Grixis Delver, just bringing back like a Delver and a Pyromancer or a Dragonhorde Arcanist and a Delver or something. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah, I saw so, so, talking this with this in a shadow deck. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Okay. Kill me now. Next time. So you, you, you bring back some shadows and then give give one menace. <sighs> yeah, give one menace and then like, oh, that's so sick. All right. I mean, it's, it's also like it's, it's a value card. Like, um, if you're actively trading with like your strix, your stringes. Yeah. Yeah, you could just bring back one strix though, because it's it's total three or less. There's probably, I wonder if there's like a weird, is there a combo with like walking ballista and then like it can somehow get a bunch of counters on it? Maybe not. I don't know. And then give it a death touch counter. Um, I mean, probably, rest, right? Yeah, there's probably if, if, one. If you, if, if you bring it back with, if you were, if you brought it back with any of the like lords or whatever that make it so it doesn't die. Yeah. But you so gotta like get the metallic mimic. Yeah. Bring it back with metallic mimic. It gets a plus one, plus one counter. You give it death touch. You give the metallic mimic menace. And then it'll get plus one, plus one on the counter. But then that's just a removal spell. I guess that's not very good. You could use unspeakable symbol. It's basically pay three life, destroy target to creature. Um, Valiant Rescuer. One and a white for a three, one human soldier. When you cy- whenever you cycle another card for the first time each turn, create a one, one white human soldier creature token. Um, there's, a, there's a few of these like cycle your first card, do something now. You know possible cycling is cool like uh something like uh street wraith where it's free is also really good um fluctuator something like that fluctuator is getting a reprint by the way yeah fluctuator getting reprints great because i actually thought that that card was on the uh, reserve list so apparently i did not. too apparently it's never not. been on the reserve yeah um I, I i might look into this when all of them are again when all of them are spoiled just to see what the cycling deck looks like I mean, it's two mana, three, one that, you know, you can just like two mana, three, one, discard a street raid. You've made two bodies, drawn a card. I don't know. Grim Dancer. This is an interesting card that I want to talk about because like, it's sort of what I think the power level of a three drop should be to be really powerful, but it's like way worse than every three drop that exists. But if it wasn't, that if that wasn't the case, this would be a really cool card. And of course, nothing's going to work. Okay, here we go. So Grim Dancer is one black, black for a three, three nightmare. And it enters the battlefield with your choice of two different counters from among Menace, Death Touch, and Lifelink. So I actually really like this card, or I would like this card if I felt that like Dead Guy Ale was playable, because this thing with like a piece of equipment would be so insane. 
This thing is like I feel you, and it's unfortunate that this isn't even remotely close to playable. I know, and I, and I, thought, I wasn't planning to talk about it, but I was like, man, it would be cool if this was like ten years ago and this card was playable. This would be like this would be like a really sick like three drop for like a you know black white stone blade deck. Um, it sure would be nice if one, if if it said uh, Grim Dancer enters the battlefield with your choice of protection from two different players. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, one thing I want to point out about the counters that are ability counters is that they work if the creature is elked. And yeah. I think that's interesting because, you know, I wonder if that was supposed to be a thing, but Oka was just too good. It is kind of sh- it's kind of strange that, like, they've had the, uh, the like the idea of these new ability counters. They've been around forever. Except instead of it being a counter, they would just say this creature gains whatever the ability is. Mm-hmm. But now, like, there's a way to mark it, which yeah has has now now that they they're templating it this way, it works if that creature changes because well, it's it's a counter. I think the important thing here is that when uh, now let's say you give an elk like first strike somehow uh, permanently with a first strike counter with oh no yeah. just like regularly. Then there's this, yeah. like, weird, like, judge call question where you're like, oh, does it still have it or not or whatever? Like, how's the – how are the uh, the layers working? You know, like, this is – this makes it very easy for people to understand. Oh, it's – I think it's a good change. Good I'm just I'm, – I'm, yeah. I'm just surprised that it, like, took them oh, no, I 28 agree. years to get to it. Yep. Um, I don't like this card. I'm changing my mind about it. <laughs> not 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 the Grim Dancer. I, the card I had put up on the screen. I just realized that no, brain no. already existed. We should you want to talk about it? We should, wait, which one? The uh, shredded sales. Oh no, never mind. I thought you were talking about General Kudro. Yeah. No, I do want to talk about General Kudro. I think it's more interesting than this because I forgot a brain existed. Um, General Kudro of Danith, which is one black and a white for a three-three human soldier, legendary creature, human soldier. Other humans you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever it or another human enters the battlefield under your control, exile target card from an opponent's graveyard. Two, sacrifice two humans, destroy target creature with power four or greater. Um, this has a lot of text, but maybe it's not playable. Here's the thing. Is I think that this card isn't playable yet, but we're getting closer and closer and closer to a Legacy Humans deck. Well, there is a Legacy Humans deck that's done well. Yeah, I think like, that card. I, I think like I think this guy is playable because style by himself he's a lord. Yeah, and like being able to hit like whether you're hitting a card to mess up somebody's snapcaster, you're hitting their oko or not oko, their uro. Like yeah. the, the the incidental hit your your graveyard is nice. Plus, it's another main deckable way to get some amount of graveyard hate, which has usually been very good. Mm-hmm. And you're if you're putting this in your humans deck. You're probably putting it in because it's a nice top end in in addition to your uh, Thalia's lieutenants to like pump your team. Yeah. So it's like you, you, this would go in your deck anyway, and then it just happens to have this additional text. It's like um when people would play the what's the the four four Obzon creature that exiles creatures. Anafenza. Anafenza. Well, I forgot about Vial too. So like this is a Vial on three with this thing makes it really good. You know, like Snapcaster Mage like targeting this like aha. Especially you like know. with with the humans deck, it's like the actual cost in the top right corner is irrelevant. You know, like the the color the color restrictions on humans oh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. matter. It's just like okay, this costs three mana. You know. Yep. Well, black white DMT deck has a lot of humans too. It could even just like it's like a vile card, so yep. that's that's yeah. good. 
Um, oh, I'm glad you guys talked me back into that one because I was feeling depressed after you shot down my. Uh, what did you shoot down? A oh, shark typhoon? How do you not well, think that's? Well, also Grim Dancer, <laughs> like like Draneth is you know he actually has enter the battlefield text. Yeah, yeah. And you know pumping your team isn't nothing because that can fuck up combat math that your opponent was trying to play around. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like if you already have like a Thalia in play and you play this on turn three. Yeah. Uh, Fiend Artisan. This Whoa. costs. Okay, wait, did, uh, we, did we skip one? Oh, we did skip. We did. We skipped Chevelle's accent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is Stupid. my ad. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I, I actually. Ah, damn it. Now, uh, you, now we're searching for insurance. I, I got you here. Chevelle. Got it? Yeah. Uh, Chevelle. Chevelle? Uh, Bane Chevelle. of Monsters. Uh, one black and one green legendary creature, human rogue. Death Touch. Uh, one three. At the beginning of your upkeep, if your opponent controls no permanents with bounty counters on them, put a bounty counter on target creature or planeswalker an opponent controls. Whenever a permanent an opponent controls with a bounty counter dies, gain three life and draw a card. Why is yeah. this mythic? Because <laughs> it's got a bunch of text. Yeah, the complication of this card is it's is larger like, than it probably needs to be. So it's at the beginning of your upkeep, so it's two mana, it does nothing. No, it's got and death then, touch. The death touch is huge. On, in this okay, so scenario. so 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 the the one mana one ones with death touch are common. So <laughs> we, we'll assume that it's it's hit the threshold of being a common. I mean, at the beginning of your upkeep, if your opponent controls no permanent, so we have to assume your opponent controls a permanent that you want to put a bounty counter on, and then mm-hmm. the bounty counter doesn't do anything unless you do something that targets that bounty counter, and then if you do, you just get to Uro. Correct. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying this is better than anything a blue deck can do, but there are black and green decks out there that I think would be okay with this being uh, being in, in their 75. I skipped it because there was already a Mardu thing that did this, and it, <laughs> it wasn't like good enough to play, though it was three mana. Um, drawing, yeah, drawing so, so guess, guess your that... Mardu shit still goes all to green, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is it. I know. That one was three mana, and this is two. Oh, I didn't even put the car, the creature on to rants about. But yeah, not only is um, not only is this, is this only two mana, but this also can get put on planeswalkers, where the other one's only creatures, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess there's like an idea where if the planeswalker is like gonna minus to kill itself the next turn, or you have some some way around it. I, I, I but you have to you still have to untap with it and then kill something to gain three life and draw a card. So I can't really figure out. Yeah, I'm not. I I, I agree with you there. I think that uh, two mana to gain three life and draw a card is probably not where you want to be. But it okay. Is so like, it's like it's like if you put this on something and then abrupt decay something that abrupt decay goes and now you're a card. You're up a card, but one of that the card that you're up is a one three death toucher. <laughs> hey, but you can death. But the thing about the death touch, I guess, is like. If they have, for example, a Snapcaster Mage, you could put the Bounty Counter on that, and yeah. then they, they attack into you. Like, they can't attack into you, but... They wouldn't know, be able to attack into you anyway. It's a 1-3. It is, it is a yeah. bit of a bummer that this thing doesn't have, like, a higher power. If, if its power was, like... Goblin like, Guide might two? be the answer there. Yeah, like a 2. Oh, good. This is great against Burn. You just put on their Goblin Guide. <laughs> nice game. Yep. Uh, well, they bolted, dude. Their deck is filled with Chain Lightnings. It's true. They're gonna kill it before you untap. Seething, uh, what is it? Seething blood, searing blood. Yeah. I just don't understand why that card's a mythic, other than like, you know, it's there. there there's got to be something that I'm missing. That, like, is this just like busted and limited? Is, no. I think I, the complexity of this card is 
it's too much to make it just a regular rare. I think that's you've read what mutate does, right? What do you mean complexity? (laughs) I'm saying that that's what they think. I'm not saying that that's what I think. I think this card is very easily grokkable and, uh, and it probably doesn't belong at at mythic, but I mean, it's a super awesome card, $25 card in standard. Probably. I think it's an (laughs) awesome card. I just don't understand why, I don't, why this is mythic, but (laughs) Dranith is rare, you know? Yeah. All right, Fiend Artisan. That's this is also two mana. It's hybrid black green, which means that it's you can cast it for black black, green green, or green black. It is a one one nightmare that gets plus one plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. You can then pay X and a hybrid black green, sacrifice another creature to search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less. Put it on the battlefield and shuffle your library anytime you can cast a sorcery. So it's a zenith on a stick. That requ- it's a Zenith plus birthing pot on a stick where you don't get to, you know, I guess you don't get to cheat on mana with Zenith. So it's an interesting card. I still think it's a two mana one, one you have to untap with. And I, and this is, a, you're talking to a person who loves this kind of card, mm. but I, I, I feel like I've been, I've been hurt too many times before. I mean, the thing about this is that at least it's a body. If, if you're doing this thing, right. <laughs> Whereas we just talked about a card that's like, if you're doing this thing, it's nice, but it's not a body. This is at least a body. It's a body if your graveyard is full. But I, I think the the issue with these kinds of cards whenever they show up are it's very good when it does the thing that can be broken. But it's unless you're doing something where you're just paying you like you have either a combo that consists of only one mana creature. So you can just pay two tap and get there mm-hmm. or with zero mana creatures. So you can just pay a mana, tap it, and get there. You know, like, untap, play a zero, pay a mana, tap that zero, get another zero, and there's some kind of combo there. I feel like (laughs) these types of cards are always way too mana intensive to actually be good enough. Now, if this is just like, you know, you throw this in your Hogak deck and you have a bunch of one-drops like Stitcher Supplier that you want to sack and get rid of anyway, and it can tap for the Gak and having creatures in your yard, like, maybe maybe there's something there, but... Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. I, I was going to think, like, what do we think about Elv- uh, Elvish Reclaimer? I remember thinking, like, it was it was it e- it's easier to make it a 3-4 than it is to make this a 4-4, four, four, mm-hmm. you know, because you're putting two land cards in, or three land cards in your graveyard doesn't require anything. And that's still too tap to get a land and sacrifice a land. But you always have extra lands in play, and you don't always have other creatures, unless you, like, have Dwarven in mind. But uh, he casts off Badlands, Taiga, then you... Have another mountain to play dwarven mine. There's your, there's your, there's your fodder. Um, I know. I, I, I kind of feel like I wouldn't necessarily sleep on this card, but I don't think it's better than just playing Green Sun Zenith or even just playing Finale of Devastation. So this like, does get any my, color, but the other thing about this though is that like we've seen cards like this before, where it's not like Birthing Pod, where you just get to do it the turn it comes in because you have to untap with it because it's an activated ability. Yeah, it's like. Vanifar did Vanifar, nothing. Vanifar, yeah, was, was good. Yeah. Vanifar, did it do anything in any other format? There were a couple, like... Ban- I mean, yeah, it's, it's be- a tier one uh, EDH deck. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can because- win the game as soon as you cast it. I don't think I finished this. I logged in while you were playing EDH, but I had to sound off. But, like, everyone was at 40 for, like, five turn cycles still. Was this last and then night? I still, this was last night, and then I logged back in later, and it was, like, you were at 38, and someone was at 46, and, like, like <laughs> like 39, and we were like, what I the think, hell? I think what was happening there was we were trying to get Paul's camera to work. Um, oh, okay. So I think the first, like, 20 minutes was, was us coaching Paul on how to use a, uh, a webcam. 
because he doesn't have one, so we're using... Uh, ep- if you're trying to stream with your friends right now, anybody listening to this, there's a, a app called Epoch Cam that turns your uh, cell phone into a webcam. Uh, it's not super easy to use, but it will, <laughs> do, it will do the trick if you fiddle around with it enough. And so that's that's what we were using last night. I've been playing uh, EDH with my friends from uh, growing up on uh, on the internet uh, over the last couple of days because that's that's a thing I can I have plenty of time to do right now. Spell spell the, what you just said. Epoch Cam. Uh, it is uh, E E P O C C A M. Uh, I I went with the HD version, which costs eight dollars, but it's still cheaper than most webcams. Uh, but there's a free app too. Uh, <laughs> Is eight dollars less than what I spent on my webcam, which is like a hundred bucks? Yeah. I mean, I, right now I would I, I have to use it too because uh, I had to give one of the guys I work with my webcam so that he can, you know, so that he can uh, do do actual work uh, from home. But uh, then I found out about this app. Now I want, I want my webcam back, but you know it yeah. is what it is. Um, okay, Sprite Dragon. This is a two dollar I can get behind. I, I'm gonna nah. two and a it's blue and a red for a one one fairy dragon with flying and haste and whenever you cast a non-creature spell put a plus one plus one counter on it. Um, no, I think it's the same problem. I still think it's a two mana one one. No, I so that that part I agree with. I think it's very fragile and I think if anything, this is not a replacement for a card in like a blue a blue red deck. It's like I'm gonna throw one of these in and just see where it gets me. Like this is your storm chaser mage. Yeah, I didn't. But Storm I, Chaser I Mage Storm wasn't Chaser good. Mage. This is the thing: is I think Storm Chaser Mage was bad because um, you'd throw them in and then you'd swing in for one, and then like you, you'd sit around like kind of waiting, and occasionally you'd get in for like two or three in one turn. But at least this stays large, so it, it's got a little bit more power. That said, Storm Chaser Mage existed in a time where Gitaxian Probe. Gitaxian Probe was legal. That's exactly what I was yeah. gonna say. So yeah, this. <laughs> I think I. Yeah. I, I I, I know I, I haven't played blue red in a while, not since Gitaxian Probe was a thing. Um, I, I think that you could be doing better stuff in Legacy, but I think Sprite Dragon is a card that we'll see play. It's sort of like Terramander. That's the, actually the card I think it's the closest to because Terramander was sort of the same thing, where like it it seemed like it was going to be really good, and then like kind of play with it and like it would work sometimes or it would just be like worse than like anything you could imagine, but there wasn't another replacement for it. I mean, if that makes sense. Like Terra yeah. doesn't have like, there's not like another, there's not like another two mana grow creature like this in these colors. No, that's any better. Well, here's right? the thing is like, yeah, this is, this is basically like take a toughness away, add flying and, and one mana to uh mon- monastery swift. Speed, swift and, speed. and you're looking, you're looking at a slightly better creature. Um, I, I, think, I don't know about that because I think Monastery Swister being a one matters. No, no, and I, being that, a one two matters. Matter. Yeah, because like you, you, you get in for one before they make it before they have a turn, and then on turn two you can like if they try and play if they play like a blocker, not that they would, you know, you can one attack right through it because it's a one two, and unless they play like a turn one, you know, uh, you tell me, uh, <laughs> you, like it would take one spell to get through. You don't even have to kill the thing, right? Yeah. And then, like, you know, you're, you're just, I just feel like you're not going to do enough damage. Because also the other thing is, like, all of these cards are bad off the top, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, so, that's almost all of, of uh, 
the blue red Delver deck is like the entire deck is bad off the top hmm. unless you're not like not Bedlam anymore Reveler. not like Dreadhorde Arcanist yeah, yeah Bedlam Reveler I mean things yeah. like that so I don't, I don't know like it's interesting because I was I was surprised as many people were interested in it as it was because to me it wasn't that much different than than Kyrian Dryad I mean it's I, a Kyrian I, I think and they, the thing is um, is that you know we're just starved as a as a Magic community for playable legacy cards right now <laughs> yeah right. All right, let's see if this works. Man, Calamax the Storm Sire. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, it's one in a rug for a four-four elemental dinosaur. Whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Calamax the Storm Sire is tapped, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Whenever you copy an instant spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Calamax. This is probably not. This is probably overkill for a Dreadhorde Arcanist deck. But, um, I mean, I, I, I'm just good. saying like, like, like a mid range deck, uh, in rug, like we're already moving toward that angle with, uh, you know, Oko and whatnot, like having something like this in play and just being like, oh, um, well I'll attack with this thing and then I'll, uh, double bolt your Oko and then moving on, you know, like, and it's every turn. So I, I, I don't it, know where what what is the scenario where they, they have an Oko and this isn't an elf. This is true. That 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 much is true. So d d take the double bolting your Oko away or whatever. Playing against Oko maybe not the best best thing. But you're already playing like you're probably already playing Oko yourself. So to me like this card <laughs> th like this card is just a, an immediate amount of like rude value if you can if you can untap with it it's it's probably game breaking like. Two, two brainstorms or like gods. Let's say you have six, uh, like five mana in play when you cast it. So you could just wait, like you can wait until your opponent's in step and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bolt you twice or I'm gonna uh, brainstorm twice. You know, like not to mention any of the other instants that you could be casting that like are now something something worth playing because you're able to double them. I, I think this berserk. Yeah, as somebody who is you attack with a berserk, you win, right? Because you attack. Right, you cast Berserk. The, you tr the trigger cop. You, you tap it. Right, you Berserk it. So the Berserk, the trigger to copy it happens. Mm -hmm. The trigger. So you now you copy. So now the copy makes it a five-five. The counter goes on it. The first Berserk resolves makes it a ten-five. The second Berserk resolves make it a twenty-five. There you go. Done. There you go. I won. You're, Good game. Ladies and gentlemen, um, that is the podcast for the night. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I love anything card that works with Berserk. I, 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 uh, I think that's right. It's a, I was thinking about the – I've been playing the rug. By the way, I've been playing this rug, the Improbable Alliance deck. I love it. I think this card is – this deck is great and so close to being awesome. Uh, and this is like a cool card for that as well because you could just copy – you know, a draw spell and make and draw twice. So I guess you always get the second. Once you cast the draw spell, you get it. But um, yeah. You know, whatever. It's cool. Uh, yeah, Calamax, maybe. It's it's. I mean, if Kess saw play, a, I think this can it's play. A, it's a hard maybe. Like hard you maybe. need you need this card to survive for a turn. A four mana four four is a, is asking a lot in Legacy. I get that. But you want to know? Like I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hard disagree. And okay. I, I get that I was I get you, that wait, I was you think already... it's very playable. No, I think it's I don't think it's playable at all. I, I get that I was wrong about Dreadheart Arcanist. God, was I so wrong about that? But like, this is like anybody who right now like I still see people playing Questing Beasts, and then every time I've ever seen them play a Questing Beast, they're just staring down like an eight eight Hogak or a six six Uro. 
Like your four mana four fours are just not good enough anymore. If your four mana four four isn't a six six that's drawing you a card and putting a land in play, like it's not good enough. I think Yeah, Uro actually might impact this ability to be played. That's 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 very true. Yeah. I mean I think also like when we're building our uh what's it called? When we're building our mid range uh rug decks as opposed to Grixis decks, you have to think about ways to get stuff like that off the board. Um uh where they they're able to play stuff like uh, you know, uh, Doomblade is not the card you want to play, but like uh, stuff like a Doomblade effect, right? Um, you need to be playing stuff like Vapor Snag and, and stuff like that. You need to still sort of be this like tempo-oriented deck. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a tool to get you to more of a mid-range build. I don't think that it's it, it's uh, solidly like you must play this card, but I think I think there's this card has legs. I think if you're a three mana or more card. In the format, you can't have you, you you don't have the luxury of if I untap with this, I maybe get to do a thing. Like if you're three or four mana, you have to do like two or less, you get to be able to untap because the game is still like developing. But once you're at three or four mana, if your shit doesn't do something immediately, you're just not gonna be you're not gonna get there. This you're just not gonna the get force there. of will. I think I do like, think like that the closest like, thing is like mentor. As like a three mana do nothing with nothing else going on, but a I think that mentor usually loses the game. Right. Is a they're like, like the only thing I have to do now is play this. Play this mentor untapped. You but, lost. Yeah. But mentor is also a thing where you don't need to untap. If you're at the game, if you're at the stage of the game where you have more than three mana, you can then make mentor, and then every mentor every time you cast a spell, it makes another you know uh, game ending threat. Whereas something like the four four here. Even if you're later in the game, it doesn't matter. You still need to untap. You could have 12 mana, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're not wrong. I, I think that like one thing that I, is just from my perspective, like when I was talking about Grim Dancer, what I was saying was like, but the point I was trying to make maybe was like that the, the at three mana now the value is so much higher that like even if the card isn't like the most optimal use of that mana. The 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 runaway factor of getting it to work is so high, right? Yeah. Like, I think and it's funny because you mentioned Dreadhorde Arcanist. We say, well, you know, okay, it attacks for one and you get to recast a ponder. But sure, like that's that that turned out to be a lot better than you thought, you know, because the the because of the cascading effect from getting to get a free spell is so much higher. Even if you're like, oh, what's you know, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound that impressive. But it's sort of like Sensei's Divining Top, right? Like the value you accumulate over time was so high, you know, that, that like something like this, uh, something like um, the Calamax, it's like your opponent still can't let you untap with it, most likely, right? They have to answer it that turn, you know? There's no, there's no coming back once you get one use out of it. And even something like Dark Confidant, like drawing, just drawing a random card isn't even as good as it used to be at this point. And you still have to kill a Dark Confidant on the spot. You know, I think like that, if that's if, my if, that's if, where I'm going. Yeah, if this card, if you wanted to actually like have this be your your combo card, I think that the like you have to do it in a way where it's like you have to springleaf drum or something so you can tap it immediately and then cast another spell. Yeah. So it's like or if something. you have springleaf drum, you cast that thing and then you tap it to pay for a springleaf drum and then like I don't know you ponder or something and then you double your ponder. It's like okay, well now we're interesting, but we're now, also we're, now we've got a five five and we've and we've looked at six cards. Yes. Yeah. But we're also in this space where we're like, okay, we're looking to play this card and also spells and then also something like Springleaf Drum, which requires creatures. And then it's like, okay, well, what is, how is our deck even happening? 
Yeah. Well, we'll like, see. I, I, I don't want to be the downer, but I also don't want you. No, to no, no. I, I think I, no, no. I, I, I think I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. It's, it's, I don't think you're being a downer. I think it's 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 what, what makes it so hard to evaluate cards these days. I think is is something like this. It's like it was like we talked about Oko. I was on the other side and you were on the right side, you know, compared to, to other cards where it's like, I was like, so this, you come down, this thing makes a six, six and you attack with a Tarmogoyf. And you were like, no, this is crazy. Like you could turn the Tarmogoyf into a three, three. And then like, you know, I've done something else. Like, you know, you don't, until you see it in context, like you don't realize, uh, speaking of which, this is, this is another interesting contextual card, lava brink adventurer, which is two and a white for a three, three human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, choose odd or even, and it has protection from converted mana costs of the chosen value. This is the closest we're going to get to a white true name. Do do players have a converted mana cost? No. Oh, that's whack. See, it costs nothing for me to come to the game, so I should be. <laughs> I should have, let you say even. You should get protection See, from the player. It, but th- th- that's going to vary from player to player because it, it takes a lot for me to get there. Yeah, dude. Not only that, but then you can't. Then it gives it. Uh, you can't equip it. <laughs> is, is infinity a uh, <laughs> a odd or even number? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, uh, it, it would be it would be neither, right? It, it, or both. Let's say you <laughs> like this is a good. This comes down off an ancient tomb and soldier stompy, and then grows, and then you can attach. If you pick odd to hit, so it can't be swords to plowshares or blocked by a true name or whatever, uh, you know, you can attach a GTA to it. If you choose even so it can't get blocked by a Baleful Strix or hit within a braid, then you uh, can put a put a sword on it. So this card, I think, will see play. I think it's sneaky, but I think it'll see play. I, I could definitely see. I mean, it's 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 a white true name, I guess. I guess there's Mirren Crusader. We'll see if that's better or worse. You could choose odd. It would stop it from getting blocked by elks, and it can attack right into an oko, right? I think I think right now, the, like I think contextually, this guy isn't good enough because the the decks that are trying to grind, I mean, because you know astrolabe exists, they're on both swords and decay. Yeah. So like, if you can sniff out what it is, but it's not like. TNN where it just like blanks all of their cards and now they're on wrath or bust or race or bust. We can do like turn one chalice, turn two this in like a soldier stompy deck That's and then true. pick even. And then, yeah, like they can't like, they might not be able to destroy the chalice and any one drop stops. And now it can still be blocked by a three drop or something or hit by a three drop. But you know, you have maybe something else to go around that yeah. uh, species specialist two black, black it's two, three creature, human warrior. When it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a creature of the chosen type dies, you may draw a card. Okay. This so thing. this guy, this guy in your, uh, Thera, um, your bridge from below stitcher supplier list can you draw oh. your deck? Oh. Because because it's whenever a creature dies, if a token dies, that's still the that's still a creature yeah. dying, right? So like you if can you can s- just like go zombie into zombie, like cast grave crawler. You can just if you have a free sack outlet like Viscera Seer or Alter. Uh, Alter of Dementia, the Alter you can target the other player with the Alter and then draw a card. Oh, that's brutal. It's four mana for two three. It's might that might not be great, but maybe there's I think there's some sort of shenanigans one can have, correct? I think this is probably competing at, at four mana it's I think it's just competing with um Yogmoth. Yogmoth costs you a life. 
every time you do it though. Yeah. So like this one is like, if you have, I mean, it's not a zombie, but if you have, you know, the, the Phyrexian alter grave crawler combo with the game yep. life zombies or the drain mm-hmm. life zombies, like this is just another piece in that. I mean, that's stretching, but this is just like the, you, you know, the, the, so the beast master or whatever, the four mana thing. That's also a two, three and green. That's just glimpse on a creature. Yeah. This is just the black, the, 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 this is the opposite end of the color pie creature for that. I don't remember what the, what the card is called. Like, I can't remember it either, but it's glimpse on a two, three for two and two green, green. Yeah. Um, and this is the symmetrical stats. So like they're, they're obviously doing a, a, a callback to that guy. Yep. Wow. We're almost two hours. Okay. Uh, nascent metamorph. I fucking love this card. One in a blue for a one, one shapeshifter. Whenever nascent metaphor, metamorph attacks or blocks target opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. Nascent metaphor metamorph becomes a copy of that card until end of turn. And then that player bottoms all those cards and other revealed cards in a random order. I love <laughs> that it's attacks or blocks. <laughs> yeah. Who's swinging into um, this guy? Nobody. What are you going to, well, the well, no, they, your deck. They, they are, if they know that their creatures suck. Yeah, I know. Like with elves, you just attack into this. Well, well that, or like rug Delver, like if, if, if you are a Tarmogoyf and you're attacking into this and your opponent blocks, then the worst thing that happens to you is it bounces. Oh, another Tarmogoyf. I know. I know. I just want to attack into it with, against show and tell once. That's all I want to do. I just want to do it once. And then I want to draw seven. Or they take 15. (laughs) There's no way to like, there's no legal way to get like to shuffle a card into your opponent's deck, right? No, not yet. No, (laughs) but But, what I, yeah, I think what, what I do like about this is it's just like, you can utterly destroy a, uh, a, a show and tell deck. Like you can, and then past turn. Is this, is this, this is, you can put it in the, in the show and tell mirror. Also, oh, uh, the reanimator and reanimator too. Yeah. Now, granted, if it starts getting played in mirror matches, you just hit another nascent metamorph. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but then it's on the bottom of their library, so like the next time, you know. Um, I, I think that's uh, Gilded Drake, Zach. You love Gilded Drake. I I'm do. like, I think this is. Is this better than Gilded Drake? No. Um, <laughs> no. Totally is. Come this on. is better because Come you can on. play it. Uh, you can play it, and then and because you, you can play it before they, they she has show and tell, and then they get the omniscience. Here's, and here's, like, here's the thing about about uh, uh, Gilded Drake is Gilded Drake costs zero mana to end this whole man's career. No, but it doesn't because they just play because they always have omniscience. Yeah, not always. In in my experience, they they have it sometimes, but never when I have the Gilded Drake in my hand. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's the problem. It never works. This this you just play it and it, you get your you get it anyway. I, I think All I right. think these are two sides of of the same coin uh, as far yeah. as the sideboard is concerned. It's also better against Reanimator, but anyway. Yeah. Um, you don't need the thing is I don't think the deck that can play Nascent Metamorph needs the help against those decks because most blue decks are able to sort of you know just come up with enough hate post board especially to beat those decks. But it would be sweet, and that's the important part. <laughs> and if you attack into a if you if you turn a Nascent Metamorph into a into a Grizzlebrand or an Emrakul or anything that's ridiculous, please send us a screenshot. We will send you, we will autograph a nascent metamorph and send it to you. Um, Heavenly Whale. Oh, I'm going to get so mad about this card. Four black, four blue, blue for a three, three elemental whale. 
So Delve. So Delve. Del- Del- so if Del- Delver, if Delver was quarantined and put on a whole shit ton of weight like all of us are doing, this is the result. Probably will. Delve. Oh, I fucking hate it. Flying. Whenever Heavenly Will attacks, you may put an instant or sorcery exile with Heavenly Will into your hand. Oh, I fucking hate this card, but I think you all know why. Yeah, I mean, Delve, Delve. Delve is the problem. But I, I think I, I think that this card is is uh, – the fair isn't the word I want to use, but I think, it, I, I think it's a solid uh, – on the scale of like 1 to 5 of playability, it's a solid like 2.5. Yeah, oh, come like on, three, dude. This is, a, this is, is at least seven. a four. No way. This is, is, is going to get red blasted most of the this time. This is guaranteed to see play. Bolted. Bolted. This red is, this is also, guaranteed like, to see play. How many times are you going to be like, okay, I just delved away all my spells and I've got a 3-3 in play and, oh, I don't have anything else I can do. What are you talking? Dude, you're falling into the Dreadhorde Arcanist trap like I did. <laughs> You're like, oh man, two mana, like doesn't do it's anything unless free. you tap, and then no, you have to attack. This thing also free. has flying. This thing also has <laughs> flying, and then like get lets you tutor the same way. Like, yes, you don't get to do it for the rest of the game forever, but like, you know, this thing being blue is already an upgrade, and then it has flying, which is also already an upgrade. And like, it's a three-three, so it closes faster. And Force of Will is a card you can use to stop anything from happening and then put right back in your hand for free. You know, that's what I was thinking. Like, you ponder, you force their thing, you bolt their thing, you ponder again, you cast this guy, and, like, you've just destroyed everything they try to do, and then you attack the next time. And, like, they don't kill this, or you force the next thing they do, they force their removal on this, and then next turn you attack and put the force, the first force back in your hand. It's brutal. Also, it's good. Delve Del 4 is also, like, a way lower Delve. Yes, it is lower. And you also, you like, it's like, you can also just Delve, like... This is a two mana three three flyer that if you delved three lands in a ponder, and then get to attack for three and put that ponder back in your hand, that's still like a very good card. It's still pretty good, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's still pretty good, and it pitches to four, so you can play four of them. And yeah, like yeah, like how many cards you need to draw off this for it to be good? Well, once you draw the first card, it's pretty good. If you get to draw a second card off, but who cares the other two cards you dealt for lands? The other the other thing that's relevant about this card is that it's immune to abrupt decay. It's immune to yeah. fatal push. Yep. Like it still gets bolted, but like okay, you know, so was every it's other two. It was two mana, yeah, exactly. Yeah, except for Tarmogoyf, I guess. But yeah, except for Tarmogoyf, but whatever. <sighs> Yeah, the card will definitely see play. It's like it, 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 the thing is, is that like it'll see play and it'll do work similar to like how Arcanist does work, except it's it's a, a sort of faster clock. But, you know, you can't just slam it on turn two. I'm going to do the land last. I'm trying to get this cartographer's hawk that, that Zach put on the end um, first. But I want one other thing I want to know with Heavenly Whale. Um, it's just in blue. So you can like thought seize them. It'll push their thing. Like you play the black deck is what I'm saying. Right. Or white deck. You know, and get back a source of plowshares. Yeah. Like, that's all. You know, it doesn't have to be like Dreadhorde Arcanist makes you want to play blue red and then probably nothing else. Like, you can always play, like, you can always splash another card, but like, this does give, open you up to like other deck construction. Cartographer's Hawk, it's a one and a white for a creature bird that's a two one with flying. Whenever Cartographer's Hawk deals combat damage to a player who controls more lands than you, return it to its owner's hand. If you do, you may search your library for a planes card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Okay, this I'm is being, a flavor very... chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> this is, flavor wise, this is this card is this is this is a this card on flavor is fucking perfect. 
It is unplayable, it but man, is it flavorfully perfect. Let me just let me just start by saying when I added this, I did not read the returns to your hand part of this. <laughs> okay. But, but Phil's right. It's chef's kiss. Uh, the, the flavor is perfect. Um, uh, unfortunately, I did not realize it returned to your hand. Um, so I guess... Not not a not a auto include. I think I think if if this didn't have that thing, it would be an auto include in Death and Taxes. Uh, so once they make once they make a dark depths that is a planes, then then maybe we can chat. <laughs> Wolf. Yeah, returning it to your hand sucks. I didn't read that either the first time. All right, messing okay, ground. Okay, I, I take it all back. <laughs> messing ground. It's a land tap. Add whatever diamond. One colorless. One tap, remove a counter from target permanent. You can fill onto another target permanent. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. Um, I just thought that was an interesting ability. I don't know that I thought there was anything. I, I don't think I thought anything was going to happen with it, but um, it's a free way to do that. Well, no, you want, you want, from permanent, you control. Okay, so it's like um, it's sort of like a land that can proliferate once. It sucks. That it's only on a permanent you control, so it's not like you can like mess up somebody's chalice. Well, you can mess up somebody's chalice by moving a charge counter. No, it's from <laughs> permanent you control to permanent you control. No, it's just another target permanent. So you can oh, move so it you from have target to have charge per- counters. Yeah. Yeah, I think the I think the goal of this card is that you can put your like oh, the, like death touch counter on someone else's creature, so that in, in the game of EDH, so that you can like kill the creature that's that's bothering you, but um. I thought it was an interesting ability, and I, that's why I suck at the end. But I mean, if you have, if like, obviously, if you have multiple planeswalkers, you're probably winning anyway. But this is this does let you like double your planes, your loyalty each turn. Well, it lets you move loyalty around. So, like, let's say you have a planeswalker that only ticks down like Narset, and then you want to move it from a planeswalker that ticks up like uh, Oko. Oko, yeah, Ugh, that's gross. Just moving your Oko extra Oko counters onto your Narset. Guys, I have I have a this just in moment. Uh, another card okay. was just spoiled. I don't know if it's going to be playable or not, but uh, but it's here. Um, twinning Play staff. Twinning staff. It's a three mana artifact that says if you would copy a spell or uh, one or more times, instead copy it that many times plus an additional time. Choose new targets for the additional copy. Uh, it also has seven tap copy target incident sorcery spell you control. Uh, you can choose new targets. Okay, so you what hold on. So, so, so you copy it. Here we go. I copy it, it again. So if you would copy a spell one or more times, copy it that many times plus additional times. So if you're if it's storm ten, you get an additional copy. So I don't think this is a storm card uh, for sure. But uh, <laughs> the, the, there's there's cards like Nissa's reversal, stuff like that that like aren't being played. That you know, I don't know, man. I don't think that I would throw this into a deck just because I have it. But it's it's just a card that just that just got spoiled a few minutes ago. You know, it's like bonus round. Yeah. How do you take infinite time walks with it, something like that? Can you take infinite time walks? <laughs> you have to. Ret- oh no, you have to copy it first. Is there this only works if you were already copying. Yeah, yeah. You need to co- you need to copy the spell. So. Like this is reversal is the first thing that comes to mind because it copies a spell and returns to the, that player's hand. I mean, this thing is brutal as hell with a, with a bonus round, and also would immediately crash Magic Online. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking like it's a three mana. It's three mana, right? So like, oh, this twinning glass is throwing me off. Twinning staff. Um, 
twinning staff. Yeah, I just had to close the other one. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of it. You're right. If it was just, if it was just spoiled, so I can't think of anything with it. But like, it is an interesting effect for three mana. If you would copy a spell one or more times, instead copy it that many times plus an additional time. Oh, you know what this is interesting with like chain, like chain of chain of stuff, because oh yeah, yeah. you copy the spell. And then, but I can't think of a chain that you would want to use. Chain that, lightning, like, chain of vapor. Chain of vapor. Well, chain lightning would have to send it back to you. Chain stasis. But like you need the mana. <laughs> well, sucks. chain of vapor. If you bounce your own thing, then and then sacrifice the land, you can bounce two of their things. Or you can continue bouncing your own things. Yes. And if you and if you sacrifice another land, you get you get. All right, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm no, gonna you, just, you, 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 you would get two <laughs> no, copies. I don't think it's. <laughs> you would get two copies for every copy. So, like, if Chain of Vapor, if you bounce one and then you put a copy on the stack, you'll get two of those. And then for each one of those that you copy, you'll get two of those. So it'll double every time because you get an additional every time you copy something. But that also assumes that your board is insane. Um. Oh, I thought I thought there was more stuff that says casting a copy besides this T-Bolt card. What about what's that? What's that thing where you exile all the cards, instant and sorcery cards from your graveyard, and cast and then cast a copy of them? Mizix Mastery, I believe. Mizix, Mizix. Yeah, but that's, that's a right. four mana card that should end the game anyway. But it's like a exile seven mana each card. card. Exile target card that's an instant or sorcery for each card exiled this way. Copy it, and you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So if you overload a Mizix, it's actually eight mana to overload. Yeah. And then you get you get two copies of everything in your graveyard, but okay. it's assuming you have this out. But you should win when you have eight when you when you Mizzix Mastery, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you you, you like way. when when you cast Mizzix Mastery, you're just like trying to put uh, enter the infinite into your yard and then cast it for four mana. That also seems uh, like a smart play. I'm just looking. For, I'm just looking. I'm just looking for things that let you cast a copy of like random shit, right? Because there's a bunch of them. Uh, oh, it's Isochron Scepter. Oh, that would be brutal. There you go. You curve an Isochron Scepter into this thing? And then you still have no mana to activate, activate the Isochron <laughs> Scepter, so you spend two cards, five mana, and another card imprinted underneath, so you have no hand that you die? Yeah, you just die. See? Uh, like, there are so many good combos that work if your opponent just doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, sometimes your opponent doesn't do anything. So if you're playing against me, specifically... <laughs> Uh, with God Eternal Kefnet, you just curve this into God Eternal Kefnet. You draw, you reveal an instant sorcery card. You copy it. You cast. You get two cost two less to copy. Yeah, whatever. It's a card. We, we, we should close that. We have a new patron. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. Hey, uh, yeah. as as a heads up, uh, everybody that uh, that uh, donated to us last month. Uh, I took that money and I put that toward uh, Hunter O'Kelly Rodriguez's uh, uh, fund for his his funeral. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. He's a, I, I'm sure you guys talked about it last week. I wasn't on. Uh, that's why I wasn't on. Uh, I was just like too. Uh, I just couldn't couldn't be on because uh, it was a little uh, heavy. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, you had seen Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Um. So anyhow, I I put that uh, that money that everyone donated to the cast uh, towards his uh, his fa- helping his family deal with this stuff. Yeah. Um. And so Bob Patterson, who was our new patron, may have been involved in that. But thank you, Bob, for becoming our latest patron. I'm just going to scroll back and make sure I didn't miss any other ones. But I think that's it. I would. I was actually happy to see that. I was. You know, we're happy that when you have five dollars nowadays that you're choosing to give it to us because, you know, 
obviously there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And yeah. I wonder if that'll depress the prices of these cars. I don't want to spend a lot of money on them, but I do want to screw around with a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I but before I, I, of of somebody who like likes brewing like a bunch of shit as well, um, definitely sleeve up the car. Like when Riel was first spoiled and we were talking about it, I was like, oh, I'm definitely snapping off four of these. And then I actually put it into paper and I said, uh, maybe not so fast. Yeah. Real is going to take more work than it looks like, but I remember like thinking that about Underworld Breach that that got pretty fast. But I know it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, the, but, the, you uh, know the the I actually think if you went like um like I feel like Riel is closer to wanting to be in like what that old Black Red Hollow One deck was because you actively want to discard cards and stuff yep. and get aggressive, and so it's like the that one drop that every time you discard a card gets plus one plus zero oh, like. You just like bring in some like real hard beats that way, and so you're dumping all your things, and then you know real with breakthrough because breakthrough with the like if you're just on blue red hollow one, the um, jeez and breakthrough which, which with about, uh, if, if if you go jackal if so you go good. yeah that one, that one drop one two that gets plus one plus one for every time you discard a card at that point if you just went you know uh, turn two breakthrough for one so you can keep a hollow one in your hand draw four, discard the rest of your thing, chunk half their life total, and then play a four, four like you're belching them, but it's a pretty good, pretty good start. If you have anything irrelevant in your graveyard. Yeah. All right, guys, I got to, I think yeah, I'm like, I think, my voice is, <laughs> I think, I think it's time. Uh, anyhow, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with probably more spoilers. Cause this is, this is what happens now. Spoilers just come in like waves of two sets. Yep. All right. And we've got we'll have more next week because they didn't even finish spoiling the set. So like they just were they just were spoiling two sets at once, so we had this many cards. Yep. Yep. All right. Yes, Underworld Breach at the ban list. But we still can't play Mind Twist. And TNN Girls of Brandon Oak will still run free. The card silence just became fertilizer. Gaddick T comes back in from the sideboard. That's why I rely on certain certainties. Yes, some things never change. Like getting Chalice out on turn one. Some things stay the same. Like how Delver just isn't fun. Now your Miracles deck is in total track. Since Wizards rescued you. Some things never change. Like how this format is just fair blue. Some idealists are starting some brewing. But we all know what's right to be doing. Jamming every good card in a deck with Astrolabe. Or Chancellor Dark Ritual in Tomb. And of course they have Exhumed. Get ready to concede before Unmask is played. Yeah, some things never change. Like an army off show and tell. Some things stay the same. Like how Narsa can go to hell when a blood moon hits and you feel like shit. You know what to say and do, right? Some things never change. It's not even worth trying, Zoo. Rest is restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? The next thing coming is obvious to players one and all. They'll take the veil. 
and it will be complete. Answer Crixis Delver will be the only ways you can compete. So they aren't giving us any GPs, and they've ruined the game in 2019. It's time to count our blessings, Goblin Recruiter is still banned. We wouldn't want to break the chain, would we? Had to be really careful with new swing. This way, legacy probably never will die. Probably never will die. Probably never will die. Some things never change. Like a linger that ends the game. Some things stay the same. Like crop rotation for depths in stage Dreadhorde Arcan is a flashback time twist Grim Monolith and Three Ball Some things never change Why even have a band list at all?